Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? Welcome to Waypoint Radio. Day zero. Day zero. E3. We made it. 2018. I'm also welcome joining me, Daniel Riendo. Hello. It's zero. Hello, it's zero here. Yeah. Also joining me, Rob Zachney. Hey, everybody. And making faces at the Periscope he's camera. He's eating the hearts. You see the hearts? He's, oh, he's eating, eating he's, They're delicious. Because he's a zombie. Yes, he's we'll a talk zombie about zombies a little later. Full circle. There it is. Bring it around. Today we're going to do a deep dive in some some real shit. Today is a busy one. Today was like it was nice because I didn't have to leave the house finally. Oh, that sounds nice. Well, yeah, well, it sounded nice yesterday. <laughs> so we traded. I did the dishes. So did I. Today, I did the dishes today oh, too. All right, yeah. all right. We, we all are doing Daniel dishes. out here trying to shiv everyone. Right? <laughs> God damn! Last of Us Two Jesus. starring Daniel Riendo. You know, it Danielle shiv is. Riendo. Yeah, the I know. Truth sure. is we'll, out yeah, there. we'll get there too. You know. Today we have a lot to talk about, so we should probably get into it pretty quickly. Square Enix, Ubisoft, a little bit of the PC gaming show, and Sony's presentations were all today. Plus, we can talk about some stuff that we saw yesterday and then around the, the weekend that is now out of embargo. Um, let's just jump right into it. Square Enix, I'm not going to go around the table and be like, what did everyone think of that that uh, that event the way I normally do? Does that even qualify as an event? That was like a 28-minute video that someone hit play on. <laughs> and Which it, is a lot of these things. Yeah, but, but it was like that video. Was a bad, but like, 17 they, minutes of that 28 minutes were, video, were minutes I already saw elsewhere. So You're saying uh, recycled minutes. Quiet Man didn't do it for you? Yo, that was rough. Let's just walk through this real quick. Uh-huh. Shout out to the Tomb Raider we talked about already. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that trailer was like, uh, that trailer was the same trailer that we saw or no? Or roughly the same. It was same. like the jungle trailer. It was yeah. like people getting Oh, there shipped. was a little bit more, the, the stuff you were talking, alluding mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. in our, our previous discussion mm-hmm. about her turning into like a, a jungle Batman. Jungle Batman, uh-huh. fear arrows, you shoot yeah. people. Um, it, it didn't go all the way into the point where the people were like, Croft, she's over there. Where is she? Get her. A really funny, bad enemy <laughs> barks. Um, Monster Hunter inside of Final Fantasy four, or 13, 14? 14 online. 14 online. Which is good. Yeah. They're announcing like Stormblood, which is a new expansion. I thought that was the old expansion. Or what? I thought, well, I don't know. Stormblood don't sounds, at me. Okay. It's the new expansion. They're adding Monster Hunter to that it's game. It's the new expansion. Which is Brand cool. new. Unannounced. Which is cool. Unreleased. Okay. The Monster Hunter stuff looks good. Those dragons it's look good. It's a perfect fit for Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy characters. Uh, awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit again showed up and got a new yeah. outfit. Still, that's that expl- thing. They, they talked explicitly about, you know, sort of the connections to Life is Strange 2. Yeah. Um... And I'm, I'm curious to see. I, I'm curious about their choice to call it a universe and like what the, the life implication, of change universe. Yeah, what the right. what the implications right. are of that. That could be really an anthology series. Yeah, or it could be a universe in the like Marvel it could be both, cinematic it could be universe, both, right? So yeah. I, my my yes. hope is that they are very distantly related, where right. it's like winks. Nods, you know, maybe you see like a post. I don't know. I, we'll see what they end up doing. Chloe is a band. You see the poster somewhere, right? Yeah, something some, like that. You right. know? We get yeah. a sense of like what those characters went and did, but like I don't need them to show up, or maybe I do. I don't, but like that. 
there's an easy way to see that stuff being forced. Yeah. I mean, I trust Don't Right. Um, but uh, I think it's curious and, and interesting that they're making an actual sort of connected universe. Totally. Um, we saw Dragon Quest XI trailer. Um, that is a game I'm not going to have the time to play, unfortunately, probably. <laughs> our, our, uh, I think our reaction, what you and I were watching it was, gosh, I wish I was 16. Yeah, I was, is, oh, I would not that they're saying to anyone that's no. going to play that game. It's more just that was the kind of game that like I lived for. This is coming. I'm going to play this in the summer. summer. I'm going to rent it eight times from Blockbuster. Exactly. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to max out uh, the the save clock. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to especially back then. I'm going like, to rent it seven times from Blockbuster, eight times from Blockbuster. Then I'm going to get it as a gift. Yeah. And then it's a different copy because it's a cartridge game. I'm going to start, start over. it over. Yep. But I'm going to love it. I'm going to yep. love starting. Now I know over. what to do. Yes. Exactly. Um, what else? Babylon's Fall, a new game from Platinum mm-hmm. that we didn't really see too much of in terms of uh, no gameplay, no, no, gameplay. no All thematic and kind of yeah, setting like hints. slow pan over a like a map that was slowly moving through time and like some big proper nouns around like <laughs> yes, Rob. Just you and your proper nouns. I man. love proper nouns. Third time. Big take fan. a drink. Take a take drink. drink. Uh, Austin says proper, proper nouns. nouns. Uh, the judgment. The whatever. The fu- like all sorts of the oversoul. You know, love it. We got. A, we did get a, a soulsy vibe. I, yeah. I, that is not informed by anything no. as much as like there was a knight and a big and a bigger knight and he like yeah. ripped something off with the like I mean, weird be, energy it'll be an action game yes. right because that's what platinum, platinum does. Uh, maybe four characters for four there players. Those could be classes. Yeah. Who knows. It's platinum, so I'm immediately. I love interested. the vibe. I'm interested. Um, uh, what else? Uh, Just Cause Four again, which again? Just Cause. Okay, tornadoes. Yeah, wrong vibe. Look good. Yeah, that game should be funny. Wrong or, tone. Or yes. Wrong tone. We talked about that already. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Quiet Man, which apparently, so the way that trailer is set up, it starts with Did live action. I heard a lot of a lot of the things. This has like a, been a weird E three because I'm you know sort of doing this Between weird things. on yeah, and off yeah. kind of thing. So like I was at EA all day and not all day, but you know for yeah. a portion of the day. I see your and EA so play I, like, water. Yeah, so. exactly. I have an EA play water. Look at that Hollywood. There's a Hollywood thing. Uh, but a lot of it is just sort of like I'm seeing the jokes on Twitter and yep. inferring what everything is from that, and it's been it's been wild. So yes, please do tell a little bit more about this. Do you want to? Well, yeah. Up? So it opens with uh, live action footage, like uh, all right. Uh, this uh, well, it seems like it starts with New York, or New York or a city. And my thought was, hey, maybe this is like a Parasite Eve reboot or something like All that. Right, I was yeah. kind of hoping for that. It seems That'd like there's been cool. enough distance for Parasite Eve to be a thing. Uh, but no, it's just like some nondescript white dude uh, walking down a, uh, an alley comes across two guys who don't start no trouble. Sort it's of weird. Thing. It's mm, weird. It's, it's very strange. Okay. It's like poorly lit. Like it's not like a, it doesn't even look good as like a, a like a filmic sort of thing. No. Uh, and then it weirdly cuts to like real time like combat sort of thing. For like a, th- a few seconds. For a few seconds just to show like oh the, like you beat up I really dudes in this game. Like oh be. shocking. There's dude, there's dude you beat beating. the shit out of people in yeah. this game. And then it cuts to a qui- uh, uh, the quiet man and in the corner uh they don't announce who the studio is, but in the corner there's like a tiny human head logo. Yeah. Okay. Um, and poor human head. It's mm. been a long then time. Then there was a description going around on Twitter that says the game. The formal description of that game is a combination of real of the live action, uh, com- uh, computer generated scenes, CGI, and like you know gameplay meant to be a experience you can uh, get through in a single sitting. Oh, I missed that part. Okay. Okay. I, I, you can beat your dudes. In a single sitting, you can and then you can go what? what? Beat your dudes. Oh, beat your dudes in a single sitting. Sometimes you got to beat your dudes in a single sometimes sitting. It takes more than one sitting. <laughs> a couple times a day. Sometimes you got to beat your dudes. You got to sit and beat your dudes. Right, and then Octopath Traveler. 
and Kingdom Hearts. Item Traveler. Yeah. You'll hear us talk about tomorrow. Yeah, we yeah, tomorrow morning. We recorded something where we already talked a little bit about that. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Um and then what else? Uh and yeah, Kingdom Hearts showing <laughs> the trailer we already the, seen. There's something different in it. Ratatou- what? Ratatouille was in it. Oh. Oh, also he got norded. Got norded. Ratatouille what? got norded. The aqua got aqua aqua got aqua aqua, got norded. Aqua Wait, hold on. Frozen got norded. Norded. What what is norded mean? So then we went on to Look the Ubisoft up. trailer. It means to go bad, I think. Oh, it's a little more complicated okay. than that, Patrick. Oh, Does that have to do with the heart up. thing, the heart soul thing? Yeah, whatever. the organization. Okay. All right, yeah. Right. I remember reading. People are gonna this. have a lot of fun with that game. I read this. I want to yeah. play it. We already went over this. I didn't know that you played the first two of those games. Yeah, man, it's unbelievable. That was a. That I sure you did. A bomb a revelation. I sure did. <laughs> all right, that's the Square Enix presentation. It. I think we all wanted a little something additional. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Uh, had a number of these announcements came out ahead of time. We saw a lot of these things yes. ahead of time. Part of what like took the this would have been a fairly disappointing presentation yes. regardless, but like it was very odd that usually if if they're announcing a bunch of things that you expect to be in a presentation, that seemed to be setting the table for, oh, and then we're going to have some surprises that like kind of like book in that sort of thing. Right. Like, you open with something surprising, a lot of expectations. you close with something surprising, and instead it was just like incredibly disappointing top to bottom. So, mm. so no Final I guess Fantasy. They, have, they haven't had one of these in a couple of years, which I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. Was was near the last one that they did? Yes. Huh. Okay. Which was uh, Oh, also near on Xbox One. Yeah, a few but that years ago. was yeah. also announced yesterday. Which I also did not realize that game did not come out on Xbox. You know what? If you had the <laughs> Xbox and give me a chance to play that, this is great. I'm glad people yeah. can play the Become as Gods edition. Which is good. Which is a good name I for might, that game. I might, you know, might it's, really do it. You should I've, do it. I've put seen it on, that put whole it on game. Easy. I've That's, seen the whole thing, but I kind of want to do it for real. Um. Rob. Oh, square. square. I thought you were like, yes. He was uh, in That's Square. Yeah. It, no. I, Final Fantasy would have been cool. Uh, front Mission that Left Alive would have been cool to check in on. Would it have been? I Yes, Max. You're the Max. Max. So, you saw that last That's trailer. one of the three pillars of this E3. It Actually, is. there's four. There's four pillars. It's Max, Samurai. Yeah, true. Uh, gay. Gay. And uh, what was the other one? Beaten Dudes. Beating up dudes. Beat, was beating there your dudes. One? Beating your dudes. Totally I think another there was one. another one. Oh, February 22nd. February yes. 22nd. <laughs> the fourth yes, pillar the of E3. Pillar. All right. Ubisoft. <laughs> We're going to keep on moving. Yeah. Uh, Ubisoft kicks off the way Ubisoft always kicks off. People dancing. Oh, sorry. It was Americana. Like country ass. Oh, like yeah. I country guess road, country stuff. Okay. Oh, country road. Take yeah, me home. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I interrupted. To the place I belong. Oh, right. <laughs> West Virginia. Country roads. Take me home. Uh-huh. Just dance. They were dancing to that song. hundred percent. They were dancing to finesse. That would have been some good. Bops. They were some bops. Just like that. some slow, like. <laughs> um, and then I'm glad we rushed through everything else because we have some. Like, we finally have a thing to like dig into a little bit here. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil Two was shown. Uh, there was oh. there was a tra- like a CGI trailer mm-hmm. that revealed that was a cool trailer of like a spaceship trying to escape a planet as like asteroids, the uh, enemy ships, and then uh, the, uh, what's the pig's name from the first game? Uh, I, I never beat that game. Bijou. That sounds closer than what anything else we're gonna get to. Paul, no. <laughs> P- Pichu? What? I looked Natalie? at Natalie. Natalie, and she went. Please repeat yourself. What did you say? Hi, I'm Paul. Hi, I'm Paul. <laughs> it's Paul the Pig. No, I guess that's, that sounds very that similar. Sounds right. We're just gonna call him Paul. Paul. Uh, and he's like, oh no, it's you, Jade. That's how Paul sounds. <laughs> uh, oh no, Jade, it's you. You're a space pirate now. 
I didn't know that. I'm still a pig. Yeah, I'm still a pig. <laughs> My name's still I think Paul. It's a, I think it's a prequel to that game, though. It's, no, it's, they, they announced it as a prequel. But was Jada Space Pirate? Is that I don't know. Game? She was a journalist. But maybe she used to be a space pirate. Oh, Does she remember was doing how both. That, d- d- Look, it's the gig economy. She needed to get her money doing yep, something. Right. You know, journalists don't get paid super well a lot of times. She was I a freelancer. She was a contractor. She was a freelancer like, you know? like, a, like a pirate freelancer. Exactly. Perfect. Awesome. That fits in really well with, with uh, where we're about with, to yeah, go. Huh. You're right. So hmm. then they showed a little bit of gameplay of like the different like the, the very main city, the very little. Play. It was like a fleshed out version of the demo I saw last year. The game still seems like two plus years away, right? Well, they have a lot of content that they still need, well, and they they found out jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt showed up to explain where they get that content. Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, people don't know, is an actor who also runs a group called Hit Record or Hit, hit Record, depending on how you want to read it. I think <laughs> it's, it's Hit Record because I it started as a video record. thing. That's how I've always heard it. Yeah. Oh, no. That's how I've always said it. I've heard it hit record. Or hit record. I, I'm done. Anyway. Okay, sure. Yeah. Like a hit record. Does it you have, know what I mean? But it has like the a RAC, I know. It has a- I agree. And he comes out and he says, listen, for the last few years, we've been doing crowdsourced art on hit record. And so for people who don't know, the way that thing works is they do things like viral videos or like a thousand people all play a single note and it turns into a song and then... Mm. They were like, you know, they do a paint, a mural, and so like 20 different people design it, and someone goes to build, you know what I mean? Like, That's it's cool, yeah. It is. It's, oh, a, okay. it's a cool, th- I like the notion of distributed creation. Yeah. I like the notion of collaboration. It's and a structure for it. And a structure too. for it. I think it. for some a people, tool set for that, that. that can, you know, that, that happens naturally for a lot of people. But for I think there are others that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, having a structure somewhere to, to, to point now, towards is helpful. The way that that stuff works traditionally for hit record is... They put up a project, people submit things for the project, that stuff is either chosen or not. If it's not chosen, there's no money that exchanges hands. It's Who's spec work. It? Uh, I think Hit Record is curating okay. most gotcha. of these projects. Okay. Then Hit Record says, okay, well, here is what our profit share is going to be. Patrick, you did the coloring for this Sounds comic book. Sounds about right. You, Rob, you did the line work. Danielle, you did the writing. We're going to say that, you know, whatever the percentage, whatever the profit is, you're going to get 2%, you're going to get 4%, you're going to get 10% or whatever it is. Well, I like those odds. And then there's a and then there's a, a period during which after all of that, you can kind of negotiate as a group in a form type thing where you're like, no, no, no. You know what? Patrick needs 3%. That seems more fair. And then you get paid if the thing is profitable. I already have issues with that project, with that model, because the way that works is lots of people are submitting work on spec. There's like, just go to nospec.com if you want like the very quick and dirty why spec work is exploitative. Mm-hmm. But the long and short <laughs> is that there is lots of value in trying to produce something in terms of idea generation and in terms of like actually doing work on the way to something. Um, when you contract, when you do work, you're doing work to do the work, not to produce the thing. If you go to a factory and you put together, you put a thousand doors on the car and then down the road, for whatever reason, the tire, the wheel part breaks, that person with the doors on still gets paid for putting those doors on because they did their part of the job, right? Uh, when you're submitting completed work, you know, as a freelancer, sometimes people will ask you to do that. And there are situations in which I understand why a freelancer would do it. But by and large, Freelancers are better off asking for money and, and getting money. And in some cases, we, I talked to people today in which you say like, hey, yeah, I'll submit a demo for this to see if I'm like if, if I'm a fit for this. But that was work. Pay me for that work. And that happens. That is part of the freelance yeah. economy. It's part of doing writing tests. It's part of doing music generation, all sorts of stuff. Um, but even that, is, it turns out, is not the model for what Ubisoft 
a billion dollar company. They made two billion dollars well, last okay. year, right? They, they, two billion dollars in sales. That's not sure. necessarily profit, but sure. extra, you know, they made totally. a lot of money. We're not so in this case, here's a big difference between what Hit Record normally does and what Ubisoft normally does. Hit Record does make twelve minute viral videos of people playing music. Ubisoft makes million, multi million dollar, hundred million dollar games. Hmm. Big difference. Yeah, and in this case, it's even more games with huge art asset. Yeah, needs creation. So what they're asking That's a for huge here, part of like right. all so of their games. What they're asking for here is completed songs or songs for the radio in that game, radio skits and DJ personas and stuff like that for the game, uh, graffiti and posters, things like to make the world feel alive, and. Unlike the regular hit record segment or, or, or process where the money is tied to profit and there is theoretically a kind of open-ended profit share, a royalty system, in this case, it's that hit record currently has $50,000 from Ubisoft set aside to then to then Supposedly there's another line there's a, somewhere there else could, that says there, there it is. could be expanded. That could be expanded. But starting at 50K is right. not a lot of money. Yeah. Right. Uh, and And – I mean, compare that to something like Valve, which paid out millions to TF2 and Dota, like, item creators. Warframe apparently has totally. something similar. Totally. I, I think that fan labor is, like, a really tricky subject. It's one of my favorite subjects to dig into. It's one of my favorite subjects academically. And there are – and I think that this stuff is on a spectrum. I do think that there is fan labor that can be compensated and, and can be compensated fairly. I think that when you start adding things like spec – and caps and you remove royalties and like bit by bit by bit, you get to something that's like really uh, abrasive and exploitative, but most importantly here, opaque. They did not come out and say, and it's super important to us that we pay our fans. That was on a video that was released by hit record Late, like after all this announcement came out, Ubisoft didn't front load that, and then and then it's unclear what that. Well, like, looks Joseph like. Gordon Lovett put out a, a tweet like, yes. to his credit, like put out a tweet very quickly saying like and it's like explicitly saying mm-hmm. we fucked up, like we are going to pay people, right? You know, start taking your quibbles with how they're going to handle all that stuff. Um, his explanation was it was originally in a script. It seems like it got cut. Who knows if that's true or not? Like that, there's no way for us to know, or if that's him just realizing. Like we right after up. the fact, sure. like shit that we actually should have had that in there, yep. and we we should have talked about it. So kudos for at least like a quick acknowledgement that like totally we are paying these people to some degree. There right. is a, a potential profit uh, to be made from the work being put in there. But yes, like that would have been like a it, it's unfor- like if it was cut or was not considered in the first place, like that's a problem. That's a problem. Up front for the framing and how you're thinking about. Uh, it's back to the passion conversation, right? You want to make thousand dollars is peanuts. It's it's peanuts. And that's not going to one person. Like, that's going to be cut across a bunch of people who submit stuff. And there will be people – it takes so much time to make a song. It takes yeah. so much time. And there's to make not, a thing. To make anything. To make a, a, a design, to make anything uh, that, that of the sorts of things that they are, are requesting. But it's so, it's so hard for me to imagine a scenario where someone is just like – it's easy to imagine a scenario where people are just submitting this work over and over hoping to get noticed. And end up which is also understandable. I get the why the I get why an individual who wants to break in would do this. Do you right. know what I mean? I'm not. This mm-hmm. is not like I'm not throwing the freelancer under the bus who's like desperate for a fucking. But shot. it's all. But it's also like the like the labor market and like the 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 exploitative freelance market has created like in some ways for people an insidious mindset where they don't feel like they deserve to be rewarded yes. for this. Yes. So like often like what we're talking about here is not like making clear that like. If you need to get noticed, if you're trying to break in, you're going to try and find every avenue possible. There's nothing wrong with – as long as you're going into it understanding that, like, 
I'm doing this because I'm hoping to get noticed. I understand this isn't like the right system, but there's nothing I can do about that. Right. But the, the like the larger problem is participation in that system. Just feeling like, oh, that's just the way it is. Right. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Yeah. I shouldn't up. ask for anything different. Right. I shouldn't ask for anything more. I am not owed money for labor that is not used in an end product. And it's like that's the mindset that needs to to be you know put into people. Yeah. I, just as a pertinent point here, how many of us wrote for free? Yeah, totally. Like, right. How many of us did this totally. for free? But, and- th- but there was a moment when what I realized was I could write for free for someone else who's going to make money from it, or I can write for free for myself. Yeah. Right. And we live in a world and, and I, I this is I'm not saying I am saying don't work for exposure. And I'm saying and I'm saying that because if you disagree and you decide to do it, I want my fucking voice in your head saying I'm going to disagree with Austin on this one. This one matters enough to me to disagree with Austin on this one. Do you right. know what I mean? You like, no, conversation was head on. It's a calculated risk. Yes, the same way that when I disagree with my parents about something or my best friend saying, don't take that job, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take that job even though you say not to. I, I, it made me consider it. My friend yeah. saying, don't do a thing, means something to me. And so I consider it before I do it. I'm, so I'm saying, don't work for exposure. Work for yourself. Work for pay. Not even a bunch of pay. Like I'm not even saying there are times when what you want to make clear is this is a this is a moment of professional exchange in which uh, it works two ways as a freelancer. If someone is if you're not being paid, the person who is your editor or who is your project manager is not going to give your work attention because it doesn't count for anything because it doesn't matter to them. It's why I will not run shit for free. Because when I'm paying someone a few hundred dollars to write for us, what I'm saying not only is your your work your your work is valuable to me, I'm also entering into a relationship with them and saying I'm going to give myself to you and your work so that it turns out to be as good as it can be. Because there's a voice in your head saying, "Well, right, I'm going to let this slide because I'm going to pan them and, you know, I'm not going to, you know, ride their ass for getting exactly what I want. Exactly. Even though it's the right thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly that. And that's on top of all the stuff that you've been talking about lately, Rob. We talked about the Bethesda video yesterday about whether or not the workers, you know, in the commissary are salaried or not. Are they contractors? All of that stuff connects here because at the end of the day, what a technique like this is about is about getting rid of those fringe costs that having employees uh, includes. Mm -hmm. When you have an artist on staff or a musician on staff, what you have to do benefits, is pay 401k. benefits, 401k. What else? Uh, insurance. insurance. Not overtime necessarily, but some sort of vacation Vacation time Payroll or, tax. Yeah. Payroll tax. All of these things that companies are supposed to pay and need to pay to keep the economy going and to make sure that their workers are well uh, – uh, a reason or, for people or, to stick around, totally, like retention. Totally, retention, right. But when you can just run through people, this is like the, the furthest extension of this. This is why the gig economy has blown up is because companies like Uber don't need to pay those things and it's cheaper to do that than to have an employee. It's why if you work for Uber, you do not technically work for Uber. You're an independent contractor who happens to have the Uber it's app on your fucking phone. basically outsourcing within. Yep, within, 100%. Within another 100%. And not everyone yeah. that's on Uber is just the person who's like, I'm just doing this for a couple extra hours a night because I got some free time. A lot of those yes. people... That like those people exist, and that's fine. They're entering into an agreement where they know what they're doing. This is extra money on the side yeah. in terms of what they do. But for a large amount of people, they are just getting screwed over that's and exploited because it's their only choice. Yes. Because they, the labor market is not offering them something, totally. so they can enter into an agreement. It's like a broken fucking cycle. It's really, really rough on the people who are trying to break in and the people who are just trying to provide for themselves. So all of that is to say that like that trailer looked really cool, and I really, really wish they'd been more transparent and that they had. 
uh, affirmed that there would be equitable relations with the people who were trying to use this program. I mean, it kind of soured me. Like, I really liked Beyond Good and Evil. I were many years past that, so my memories of why I liked it and what I loved about it are starting to get a little bit fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, there was photography. A time, like, two uh, years ago, I knew that pig's name, and now Paul. I'm it's like, Paul. It's Paul. Yeah, it's I, knew, Paul. I knew Paul's. I knew Paul's. Bye, yeah. Piju. You're really close. Pigby. Pigby. That's the English for Pigby. Peter Pigby. Uh, Pig no, in Beyond Good and Evil. The thing is, this the, this reveal today, tying that to Beyond Good and Evil 2, is sort of turning this into, for, in, like, in my head, it's like, oh, this is fucked up, like, exploitative, late capitalism TF2, where it's like, oh, you're, this is a test bed. Right. Like, now the value of this franchise, because, like... If you right. wanted to get this thing out the fucking door, it would have been out the door years ago if it was like a top priority. But now that it's well, as long as we're doing this, right? It does not have the Assassin's Creed Odyssey team on. Yeah, as long as we're doing this, you're saying like, let's see what this does. Yeah, see if this well, works. let's let's yeah, let's see, let's see if this works. Let's see what we can get away with. Right, and <laughs> let's see how many people are willing are going to view us using their stuff in their game for a song. How many people are going to look at that like? It's their golden fucking ticket. Right. And it's not just the people who are going, like, giving their labor here for for peanuts, basically. Um, like, you don't have to imagine very far down the road somebody turning to a line environmental artist or a line modeler right. and saying, like, well, you know, we got the hit record program, <laughs> like, right here. So what the fuck do I need to give you a raise for? Right. Um, there is something else here that's so fascinating for me. I, I spent some time a few years ago writing a, uh, an essay in a book called Critical Hits about the, 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 the last game, the final game, the infinite game. Right? We've talked mm-hmm. about this concept with No Man's Sky. I talked about procedural generation. I talked about the ways in which in, in that essay I, I kind of was trying to tackle a couple of things. And one of them was why is it that so many of these final games, so many of these games that turn to procedural generation to build you know, in, in, in an infinite world actually are building an infinite galaxy? And one of the things was, for me, there was something, there was something tied up in this sci-fi notion of the endless exploration of space and that desire for, for, um, for endless leisure, right? You could leave Earth behind. You can leave the dirt and soot behind and go to the stars. There's always something better. There's always something better. Mm-hmm. We don't have to fix what's here. We can just leave and go somewhere else. And, and technology will save us. And in some ways, <laughs> you know, my takeaway from that was like, Ugh, like I get the drive for it, but at the same time, the, t- the technology is flawed. Rob, you've gone on record recently to talk about your the, the failings of State of Decay 2 and proc-gen storytelling. The, here, we see the almost darker turn to it, right? The like, this actually reminds me of Yusef's essay on, on Detroit, right? Which is, the machines don't need to do it for us. We got people to do it. It's cheaper to pay people pennies who are desperate and passionate than it is to actually build the technology that could do that work, or, to hi- or let alone to hire people. So it's almost like a, you're stepping bit by bit by bit from a system of here is here's a team of 20, 30, 200, in the Ubisoft case, 800, 2,000 people who are touching this game to one in which lots of it is proc gen. We're building tools that build worlds. And then the rest of it is outsourced, is crowdsourced, is paid contract work, pennies on the dollar. And there's just – this is not the end of the line for me and Ubisoft, but it is a very important one in which we need to make it clear that this is a serious issue that needs to be dealt with very carefully and that affects people's lives and can shape the direction of the industry going forward. Isn't it also possible that 
the only reason Beyond, Beyond Good and Evil 2 is being made is that it's driven by fans. Yes. And that there is an altruistic, like... Those two like, things are not incompatible. That's what I'm going to say. I'm yes. saying I think these, these two, like, paths are not... Are, are, I think are there in, could be in concert with one another where they thought, look, the only reason we are lucky enough to make this game is these people would not shut the fuck up yep. about making this game. <laughs> and so we're getting a chance to do it and isn't, like, the best... Other totally. Than, other than making a good game, getting them involved, putting their stamp on it, the right. people that, like, would not shut up on Twitter, like, would not shut up on YouTube, like... Like those people should be in the game, and what if we could also pay them to do it? Totally, and then, and and those then, two and then things, it's a flawed process right. along the way with consequences that are both unexpected and just not thought through. But I also think I want—I just want to make it like no one's the way, the, the way the team, it doesn't. No one needs to be twirling a mustache. Right. The way the team talks people. about this game, the yes. way the way this game has been, like everything about it, like suggests there is nothing cynical about it. But that doesn't mean that there can't be right. unintended consequences for trying to fill in the gaps along the way with what you're trying to achieve. There was a moment when they left that stage today, and you could hear them laughing in this joyous way about how well they delivered the pitch. Their mic had not been game. cut. Their mic had not been cut. Mm-hmm. And it warmed me. It really did. The woman, I, the I woman sat, came out and said, back said to this. we nailed it. And she oh. was so and it was excited. Beautiful. I had a meeting with her last year to see that stuff. She's the, the, Her joy is infectious. Their love of this stuff is infectious. I, I keep talking about how much I love Love hearing developers talk about their games and give me the pitch to their games and, and can share that joy and their joy and passion. I think joy and passion have a place in game development and, as in all art, uh, artistic endeavors. It's just that that joy and, and passion is not enough. And often in a case like this, I'm not talking about malice. I'm talking about negligence and I'm talking about the, the seductivity of convenience of sitting in a room and having been told no three or four times when you pitch this game, and then you go like, oh, how do we do this? How do we do it? They're telling us we have this much money. There's no way we can build this with okay, this much money. Okay, now we have to partner with this company. Right. Because we can't do it ourselves. We can't do it ourselves. Right. Okay. We don't own it. We how do they handle their stuff? What, how much are they going to bend the rules on like how they already do it? Right. You know, I mean, you start to see the slippery slope where you end up going like, well, at least we got it. We did. No, we're streaming on Periscope right now on a phone through our own LTE shit. Like, we're speaking from experience on this stuff. I know what it is to meet someone halfway and to be like, all right, well, what is the deal here? We work for Vice. There was a story that ran last night about the history of Vice. We're not, we're speaking from experience here. And and, 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 we're in compromised positions by still working for Vice. And so, what I'm saying by that is like, I get how these things come to be, right. and this isn't about malice, and it isn't about. And that's that's all I wanted to like. There are times when it's about malice. There is. Absolutely. I want to be clear. Absolutely. I don't. I just don't. I just don't think this is one of those situations. But that to me doesn't make it any less important. to No, address, of course, right? Not. I because it's that easier clear. to. Gl- it's that's that's the the insidious rabbit hole that you can go down is, be, is you can gloss over. Like you look at the pa- like this is the yes. other side of passion, right? You right. look at the passion, and then you start making excuses yes. because if you've worked in an environment where you have to deal with compromise all the time where you're not given the full resources you will suddenly look at a person and go well i see how you got there yeah and i get it yep and and that's why it's it's almost important to make sure you're just directing the ire in the right direction which is like w- without knowing the full story of how it happened it's it's better to look at ubisoft and be like you're the ones that should be paying up more money and systemically more largely like this is about the moment of capitalism that we're in, in which in which artistic production is becoming less and less valued, and um, efforts to automate and decentralize and pay less and less to producers across the, the labor spectrum are being em- emphasized. And like that is a systemic issue we know for sure. There are cases where the capitalist specific people are shitty as, yes, as hell, 100%. right? <laughs> we can talk about the the stories I've been running about Elon Musk wanting there not to be yellow safety colors in his in his uh, factories. What? 
Oh, did you not hear this? No. Oh, oh boy. my god. <laughs> we don't oh, have to go. Yeah. But like a short version, why? He doesn't like yellow. Oh fuck off. Right. So so there are situations where it's fuck off that guy. Yes. But it's much more often or much more definite a thing to say. That person is is almost in a sense produced. They're they're making choices, but they're they're also produced by a system. Yes. That that arranges for that role to exist right. and for someone to be grabbed and put into it. For someone passionate to be like, oh yeah, I'll make that trade off. And so this is one of those situations where it's like, on one hand, the joy of them saying, yes, I nailed it, felt good. On the other hand, a second later, it was like, wait a second, wait a second. How does this shake out in the long run? Because everybody in that position thinks, I'm making a game. I'm making a game that I'm passionate about. I'm making a game that I'm passionate about. And, oh, maybe some fans can actually help with this. Like, right. that's, that's right. the way they might very well be looking at it. Right. But, of course. And I wish they just at least mentioned it on stage. Right. Yeah. That would have gone a long, way, a long to, way. Would have gone a long way to be, like, when we're talking about, like, pillars, what's important, the yeah. things that you include and don't include. Like, when it's on a tw- it's on a yes, maybe Jordan, if we take Jordan Gordon Lovett at his word, like, maybe it wasn't a script. But, like, that meant Ubisoft as a company, right? Like, we, again, turn it back to the person who's really pulling the strings on this. Like, Ubisoft chose to cut that from the script. Thank you, Fireworks. Thank you, Fireworks, Thank you. or um, whatever that was. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, that's the, maybe that's the end of the discussion. I guess the, the thing I would say is I guess I'm just not as willing to give the benefit of the doubt anymore. Like, mm-hmm. like I think, it, like, one of the things we're, like – one of the things that led to just the historical moment we are in is we looked at a lot of things and we're like, well, there's some reasonable explanations for that that are yeah. not so nefarious. And maybe they were, but, you know, <laughs> conduct may be founded on the, you know, hard rock or wet marsh, but after right. a point, right. I don't give a flying fuck. Right. <laughs> um, and that's kind of where I'm at when I see something like this. Is that, like, the nefarious thought has occurred to somebody. Like, that, sure, that's, someone should sure. not step yeah, up and sure. go, whoa, 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 at the very least, right? Yeah. yeah. Or, or kept pushing it in a certain direction, right. knowing or, that you really, could settle in that direction. Somebody is watching to see how this experiment right. goes very closely. Right. Right. Other last thing I'll say is, if any, never let this shit happen. <laughs> <laughs> they we might get our double, billionaires in play. They, yeah, okay. Oh, <laughs> but Vendy might have, who knows? Vendy could have doubled down. Uh, Paige. Paige. Page. So Page was somewhere. That was yeah. You were the Y apostrophe J Page, which I believe is space French for Paul. So I think right, right, space French. Space French. I should have learned that in high school. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I asked. I asked Siri. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, we should keep moving on. We've another couple things, and we'll take a break after that. Does that sound good? All right, Trials Rising. It's a new Trials game. They keep putting those out. There was this glorious moment where. We're, uh, Danica had come back and we're watching it on the couch. And we're like, I really liked that first Trials and like maybe played a little bit of another one of those, but I think like I'm like trialed out. And then trailer <laughs> comes up with the release date. It's like PS4, Xbox One, PC, do, 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 Switch. And it was like, oh, actually, you know what? Maybe I'll play another <laughs> yeah, one of those. Yeah, that's <laughs> totally. what it takes. Totally. That's 100%. 100%. Um, I don't really have more on Trials Rising. Do either of you, do any of you? Not really. I really liked the first one a lot. Like puzzle, hardcore, <clears throat> like hardcore platforming, physics stuff. Like is my thing. I just sort of it just ran out of steam for me after the the first one. Hundred percent, totally. All right, Rob, you saw the Division Two. I, I played did. the Division Two. We can talk about the Division Two, which was at Ubisoft tell, tell today. Tell me about Division Two. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot to dig into with the Division Two. I think. The the really like brief premise is yeah okay as we saw in the trailers yesterday like it's in DC now uh, DC has been flooded 
Um, so it's kind of become an overgrown uh, gross swamp. Like, yeah, gross swamp in, in a lot. Or I guess of reverted ways. back to its original. There it is. Form. DC has returned to being a swamp. Oh, oh. realize that meeting's happening right. That now. meeting's happening right. It may have already happened. Yeah, it's ongoing. Don't check Twitter. Don't check Twitter. Yeah, he says as he checks Twitter. Check yeah, Twitter really quick. Anyway. I see it. I see it open on your phone. Stop. I need to retweet the stream. Let Rob talk <laughs> about DC. Talk about DC. Yeah. Uh, so the, the other part is like the we're decision. In, we're now the decision. <laughs> we're now the Lakers. On. The Lakers. He's going to the Lakers. That's <laughs> it. Sorry. Uh, we agree that it was the Clippers. That's uh, <laughs> true. So we're we're now months on from the Black Friday plague, and like during the presentation, we got there were a lot of like flashes of like other cities and locations like around hmm. the world that might be looking like this. And I don't know if that's a roadmap for where this could go. Hmm. But for now, we're in DC. It's huge. They're they're claiming the the area of play is going to be pretty enormous and four times gonna, the size of Fallout Four. Yep, yep. <laughs> four times the size of. Uh, I think. Wait, Fallout Three was the DC one, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> three times the size of Fallout yeah. Three. Yep. Uh, but the other thing that I should I actually kind of want to lead with here is I was surprised at how good it felt. Uh, one of the like some of the big changes they're making with this one. Uh, they sort of admitted in the interview I had with them where the bullet sponge enemies problem, they're hip to it. Right. Like, like it was, it was, the game felt good. I didn't play as much as the two of you did, but like it was a good feeling shooter. The problem was a, a lot of these, like where you're just like just shooting at an enemy for like over and well, over Well, and, and a lot of times, again. and this is one of the other things they brought up is like, they're like, look, in New York, we had like basically two biomes we were switching between, mm-hmm. like residential streets and commercial Like urban districts. commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, and, indu- some industrial. Right. A little bit. But if you think about how that game played out, a lot of times you were in these narrow shooting galleries, uh, which is pretty much, I suspect, what a lot of street fighting would look like. In New York. In, in a, yes, yeah. like New York. To some degree, but, that's what appealed in the in the early shots of that game. Right. Were, again, kind of basic Gears of War style, XCOM right. style, like line fighting, um, uh, Company of Heroes style. Yeah. You know? And, but... What they're excited about with this one is there's a lot more what they're calling sort of environmental biomes, and you're running into a lot more neighborhoods where it's like suburban suburbs with like tract housing, right? Uh, like you know, brownstone, Tony suburbs like Georgetown, you know, uh, the National Mall and the monuments districts and stuff like that. So a lot of spaces like that, which also open up the field of play right. for a lot more enemies to sort of be fed in. It's not like so, like, in the sequence I played, which was very similar to what they showed in the trailer yesterday, one of the things that kept catching me off guard is you're now fighting in these, like, more open areas where the approaches are a little more obscured. Enemies spawn in and start joining the fight from a lot of different directions, which means that entire thing where, like, a, every division battle was like you encountered each other, and then you slowly, like, leapfrogged forward into their line and wiped them out. Right. This one was more of a... Like the sheer number of times we're like, because we're all on comms and people are suddenly saying like, shit, I'm just, I'm getting hit. Like, where's that coming from? And the enemy cut, like on top of that, not only the enemies coming into the fights from like all over, but they're like super mobile and aggressive with like flank moves and charges and suppression. And like, they now have medics who res guys that you bring down. Oh, (laughs) it's great. Yeah. So like there's now there's some goofy shit too. Again, in the trailer you saw. 
there's a guy who gets like foamed to the ground. He's like he has like hyper quick drying foam cement. There's an enemy who is just like a backpack filled like, with like that. the prey gun. Like the prey, it's the prey <laughs> gun. The, the enemy gun. has the glue gun. Yeah, yes. you can get glued hundred percent. And you can shoot the glue off of. Danielle's gonna play the division too. That's it. All right, that's, that's that was all I needed. These guys just like run up and just like. <laughs> At first, you're like, "What the hell's going on?" Like, right. I just like spooging all over. Them. <laughs> <laughs> like it looks, it looks you dumb beat as your dudes. Just beat like, your dudes all over the dudes. I have to be- sit down and beat your dudes. All right. Uh, but the problem is, like, really quickly, like you're like, "Oh shit, I can't move," and I'm in an incredibly inconvenient. That ice cream location. truck is back. It's back. Um, it's one of the factions in the division two. <laughs> yeah, and oh. so then. That is not too sweetie's far. Sweetie's sweet tooth. Sweetie's sweeties. <laughs> yeah. So like. Um, Sweetie's treaties, yes, yes thank you, Joel. Sweetie's treaties, thank you. We're doing a really good job of trying to throw Rob off his train of thought. Just yeah, to get sorry, to Rob is an expert on the Sweetie's treatise, so <laughs> I think, yeah, um, <laughs> the fetus is. So, oh, oh, no, wait, no, that's the that's, that's, that's stranding. That's that's stranding. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. We'll Ooh, get there. Uh-huh. 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 but yeah. it's right outside. There's an ice cream truck outside. <laughs> And it's come by every night. Every night. And we haven't yeah. gotten any. You can leave the door open. Hours. It's fine. It's going to be gone in a minute. And it's... Hello? Can I just say... <laughs> it's a small world, <laughs> after all. Do you get ice cream? I do not want ice cream. Oh, I had a milkshake today. Yeah. I would eat ice cream. Are we going to edit this out or are we just going to let this ride? No, we're letting it ride. This is a bop. Natalie, can you hear our mics? Is this on the, is this on the track? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, this is our latest uh, royalty-free uh, smash hit. <laughs> James Taylor did this one, I think. Yeah, yeah. Abbey Road. This was the gritty seventies cop show. Yeah. Uh, Whoa! Scene, right? Joel just dancing in the doorway with the phone. the phone. Oh, with the Whoa. phone. Good. Yep. Give me a Powerpuff Girls ice cream. Damn, making demands. Give me a Sanic. <laughs> Those are all right. I thought all that right, was going to stop. Me too. <laughs> All right, the bit's over. The bit's over. But the truck ain't. But the truck is not. <laughs> and what else is not over is America. <laughs> uh, as the division tries to sort of resurrect some semblance of law and order and put down a government conspiracy slash mutiny uh, in the ranks of the government that might reach as high as the division. Yeah, it does. Um, that's how that. Yeah, that's, that's how the first game yeah. is revealed that they're. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And now the division. And now division HQ is like offline. Like nobody knows. Like, oh, so that's, okay. that's the other. Th- that's the other wrinkle is like you don't have the resources you had in the first cool. game, at least plot wise. Like you start off and division HQ is silent, and so now you really are just like a gang of trained troops like roaming the streets. Um, oh, that never goes wrong. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it's funny because. You know, there are lots of things that I rolled my eyes at in that first game. Yeah. Uh, some of those factions are just, like, not chill to be killing a lot of people. It's just, like, there's lots of, like, oh, yeah, those are looters. Kill them. Those are people you can kill. Oh, those are old inmates. Kill them. Those are mm. people you can kill. It's it's not great. Uh, but there is something else there, though, which is, like, part of the reason some, so much of that is uncomfortable is, like, oh, you are a hyper-resourced military operation of secret soldiers who've been like hiding in plain sight. Like you're all basically shadow operatives who have been activated and it is time to fucking go. And so like to some degree, I definitely like better the like, Oh no, you're under resourced and trying to help people stuff. I think there's a version yeah. of that that works. Well, and that's- There's also the version of that that is like a hyper like libertarian anarchist fantasy of like, 
and like and cap like here we are yeah finally everything has fallen now through my pure strength and rationality i can rebuild the world so you're saying tom clancy tom clancy yeah, right, yeah tom clancy that was very on brand um but really what i want to get at is like i'm very curious what the factions are because so much of that first game is de- is delivered thematically through what the factions are and how people are responding to the post-apocalypse well, so what did you see in that regards to that back. So the thing is, like, I even asked... There's a dog like, now, also. No, that's just that, 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 that. No, oh, it's okay. like, it's part of the loop. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Waypoint Radio, episode negative... E3, E3, seven. E3, 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 E3
posturing of oh this is just this is just escapist fantasy of um, armed American factions shooting each other in the street, which is what we all want to like. Boy, I just oh, what, what a world I want to live see in. See these kids being ripped away from their parents yeah. at the border. Like, boy, I'd like to shoot up some just random people on the street. <laughs> Time to detach from everything real in the world. Yeah. And- but the other, but the other part of this is, I'm not sure how that uh, like faux apoliticism is going to serve the game itself either because right. at a certain point it's, if none of these are resonant of anything then who the hell am I fighting right. like well this is an evil conspiracy within the government what are they what are they conspiring on behalf of nothing in particular <laughs> <laughs> them money yeah. but okay well that's yeah. something that would even be something right, right. but who not knows? but not like capitalist money which is well earned and deserved <laughs> this is more like bad money whatever that means to you <laughs> personally yeah. Russian money oh well, yeah Okay. Bring your bring your own. Po- hey, division. Bring your own politics. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, like, but the- I mean, even in a more fundamental sense, like to speak to what you're saying is like when I think about the division one, its storytelling beats almost always had to do with the factions. Like sometimes, like a local community member or something, a quest giver would have something that's sort of resonant or memorable. But by and large, the moments of that game are about the factions, are about meeting the cleaners for the first time, who are like the sanitation workers of the city, who are like, I'm gonna burn it all the fuck down. Like, which again, what an amazing <laughs> idea, though. Like, totally. seriously, but that's somebody... what I mean. It is. It is like it's goofy, but it's it is super resonant. It's super like, oh, okay. I can imagine the version of this that I really like, and and I can see it as a as a foundation for something really cool. And that's why I'm genuinely curious what those factions end up being because. That's the that's the those are the vibes you're going to be around for seventy hours or whatever. Yeah. So the only faction I encountered was the True Sons, which um, yeah which sounds like something. But I was like, so what are they all about? They're just bullies, you know. We all know people like that. Uh, just kind of <laughs> the True you know, Sons. Just, yeah. The proud boy True Sons. That's what we're okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, how I mean, how does that uh-huh. not feel like it's directly lifting from all of that bullshit? Yeah. yeah, and it might, and they might just not want to say it in the same way that I don't think that Tomb Raider. Square Enix wants to talk about the Tomb Raider stuff. because you know the moment, you know, a lot of weird political stuff about like uh, subtext, like The Last of Us. But that's at least a trailer that started with, and we'll get to all that. We sure will. Oh, kissing. But that's a that's a game wearing its politics on its sleeve to some extent, right. um, or at least you know making that sort of, part of that part that, that part portion of it, of it yeah. that portion of it. Um, and it's interesting to see these other games that may have a lot to say, but don't want to say it up front, knowing that the moment you make certain elements of your politics up front clear and yeah. explicit, you're going to turn off or at least enrage certain elements of your base that you are hoping are going to come out and play this game. Right, right. And, and exactly. pay for it. Yeah. And pay for it. And pay for it. <laughs> uh, but that all being said, yeah. that shooting sure was good. good. So I played that same demo. You and I both played the airfield, the crashed airplane thing. Crashed Air Force the, One. You, yeah. yeah, crashed Air Force One in front of the Capitol building. Um, really wide space. Like, it speaks to some of the sort of flanking stuff you're yeah. talking about. Um, you know, you kind of go through some tighter spaces, but then it opens up in a really big way. And one of the most interesting things about it, for both as a gameplay demo and as a, as a kind of demo in the presentation, is they're like, this is end game content. We're showing you the end of the game. We're showing you what level 30 content looks like. We're showing you what special specializations that you unlock at the end of the game look like. You know, I had the person who had like a special super grenade launcher. You had the crossbow, the crossbow with like explosive tip or just yep. regular okay. explosive. You like the Rambo crossbow. Um, and so like, that spoke to me in a really interesting way, and they announced eight person raids at the, yeah. at the on the stage presentation. Um, and that stuff felt so smart to me as someone who played that first game because 
I know I could get to level 30 in any of those games because the treadmill is so clean. The treadmill is just so smooth. And then it's like, am I going to keep playing that ever again? And the answer with that first game was like, no, except for those special modes as they released. And I got kind of curious about them. This time they're like, okay, here's what we're doing to pay attention to that stuff. And also just showing end game combat felt smart because it is necessarily going to be some of the most interesting dynamic, like, Gun, gunplay and, and combat encounters and, and uh, you know, encounter design that's going to be in that game. Yeah. Uh, and that's definitely one of their big focuses. Like, like one thing, another thing they mentioned is that the first year there's going to be no paid DLC as far as I know. It's going to be three major content. Probably cosmetics, but it sounds like no. No, really? Even that? Just like narrative and... Huh. Yeah, like... No, like th- it was th- what sounded like three pretty fully featured. Uh, yeah, they called them like episode one, two, yeah. and three. Yeah, so that's uh, one of the major focuses. Another interesting thing, and you might have gleaned a little bit bit of it from that uh, gameplay segment they showed at the uh, press conference yesterday, where it was like sort of the fake, uh, you know, chatter. Yeah, the fake chatter, mm. uh, which was which was fun. But again, that emphasizing that bit about, um, you know, we are one of the people in that party was under-leveled. underleveled and has been busy, hasn't been able to keep up on the game. Right. Um, and this is something they made a major point of emphasis in their presentation, was that we want this to be a game where it is as fun for people who can only play it casually and like dip in and out. They still have things to do with late game stuff, and they can still be having fun in this right. game, huh. and they are not locked out from that yeah, stuff. That's so like, really yeah. fascinating. How yeah. is that actually going to work? This is—I mean—that's that's the thing, right? Just like, like power leveling you, or no? Yeah, I, well, so the Dark Zone did that in the first game, right? Where like you went in and you were the level, you were yeah. equal with everybody else in terms of damage numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But what you weren't equal to with them was abilities. So they might have the end game like heal ability or like that cool gear that has like a extra good headshot damage or whatever. And they did know? say that uh, during the presentation at the press conference that uh, some of the end game stuff is not just uh, like more missions or whatever. Like there's actual skills that you will unlock that are exclusive right, to, to the, the end game. game. Yes. There are weapons with certain perks you will unlock exclusive to the end game. So I guess you can see that sort of stuff being rewards for players that really invest that time. Well, and they sort of hinted that endgame stuff would not just be like a loot treadmill. They were sort of saying, like, look, we like we can't reveal it yet, but like we have things that people are going like you're going to want to keep playing this stuff right. as the you know, into the end game for narrative reasons. Totally. Uh so I am really keen to see what that looks like. Totally. All right, let's do a couple more things and then take a quick break. What do you say? Yeah. Danielle. I think that sounds real good. Grant Kirkhope. Grant Kirkhope. Grant 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 Kirkhope, Kirkhope was on stage. Did you, you see, this see this? I didn't see it, but I heard oh. about it. <sighs> People were tweeting it. at me. They were During like, "Oh my break, god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" I, go I got watch excited. This in the break, I was in the heat. EA Play was outdoors. I know. You know? Well, so was... Grant Kirkhope came on and, and conducted. He, he he did a song. He no. He, he basically they showed a trailer for oh. the D, the the DLC, Very which actually. DLC seems like uh, it sort seems of underselling big. it. Yeah. It seems like an expansion, like a uh, like a, a whole big thing. And he they did the the trailer uh, orchestration live. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm very very cool. excited for more of that. Me too. I I'm curious about that. that game, so, uh, yeah. Rainbow Six Siege is getting has uh, is big. Tom Clancy. They're like, yo, yeah. Rainbow Six Siege is 35 big. million players. They got a million players. New documentary about the game in the community. I think coming out sometime. I mean, soon. It makes sense. That game totally. stumbled out of the gate when it came out December 2015. Yeah, and. Uh, it you know 
kudos to Ubisoft. Like, they seem to... They stick by games that other studios either would have cut loose on and just abandoned um, or just quickly moved on to the sequel. Uh, mm. You know, the, the, the Division, they just moved on to the sequel pretty quickly. But, I, you know, I think it is somewhat uh, interesting to watch how they've tried to turn around a game like For Honor, turn around Rainbow Six Siege. Um, right. And, like, uh, I think For Honor has not been the same success that Rainbow Six Siege has, but, like, the what I've read about For Honor's community is, like, they're much happier now than they were at that game's launch, which had a low... A whole, that game had a lot a lot of issues in the first six months or so, and they seem to have really kind of found their footing with it. And that expansion looked... I mean, I'm not a For Honor player, but, like, yep. looked all right. Yeah, we, we're talking about that right now. They're, they're adding ancient Chinese warriors to For Honor, which up until now has been knight Samurai. This is the and, Year of the Three Kingdoms. The Year of the Three Kingdoms. Oh, year of the Mech. Year of the Three mech? Kingdoms. Gay. Gay. Three of, Kingdoms. And... February 22nd. Americana, mm-hmm. Americana, Country Roads. Country Roads, and... Norman Reedus. Before this Craig. E3 is over, another one. Yeah. Anyway. Lu Bu and Cow Cow are going to come out South, on the South. stage. South, 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 South. South, South. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Are going to come out. <laughs> Thank you. And they're going to sing Take Me Home Country Road. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, just... Oh, that would be... <laughs> oh, no. Wait, accompanied Cow- by right. the guy from the Sony president. If they're singing Take Me Home Country Road, that is Cow Cow. <laughs> yeah. That is actually Cow Cow. <laughs> Uh, Skull and Bones? Thoughts? Pirates? There's pirates. Yeah. Multiplayer pirates. Wait, okay. I'm actually really curious about this one, because it looks like edgy Sea of Thieves. Like, that's but kind of does, like... It does, it, mm, you're not... We're not on a boat together. You're that's, on your own. You're on your own boat. We can both I have, have boats. Sail with you guys anymore? No. You don't not get to sail with us oh. anymore. See, that's, <laughs> yes. that's the thing. Yeah, Austin, edgy. Austin blocked you. <laughs> It's edgy. Adronomous 52 or whatever. Danica, I'd love to have you on this boat, (laughs) but unfortunately, uh, we all sail by ourselves in this one. You can't play music with each other, as far as we can see. You can't throw up on each other? You can't puke on me. There's only one really great. There's only one really great. two great songs. There are two great songs. The the, the The new one. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, I don't know. And then, and then we'll take a break right after. So yeah, I have nothing to say about Skull and Bones. I think I don't. Looks yeah, I like, mean, okay, but I don't have. I was. Uh, I'm saving my thoughts for other stuff. The one, yeah. the one takeaway I had from it was that I thought they did a pretty decent job of like explaining the gameplay mechanics. Yes. In which they, it was a multiplayer game where you're going to be teaming up with other people a lot, and rather than coming up with like bullshit like uh, gamer chatter, like they just had a narrator that was sort of like clearly explaining what was happening, cutting between the action. Right. It was. It was, not, like, it was like a much better way. Like. I don't. Th- I'm not interested in that game, but I understood what the game was right. and what was happening during. This no match. one had to like fake talk. Like, no, Ernie, use your broadside cannons. Oh, you mean the ones I got from the quest last night? Like is that, that never happened. No, it's it a bird set. Yeah, it's Bert and Ernie. And so the narrator is just like he's using his broadside cannons because he earned them from the quest. Like he's yeah. just like just explaining what's happening. And it was nice. It was nice and simple. Yeah. What kind of ship needs. Okay. You either have the broadside cannons. You okay. don't. You can't just like. Bert and Ernie are not like professional pirates, all right? Yeah. They're they're amateur yeah. pirates. They're learning. Ernie, hey, who Ernie even knows what pirates trash. do? Who even knows? Who, who even say, knows? Who I could say, say what a pirate would we do. We could ask Jade, freelance pirate. I could ask. You know, I think a lot of people I could ask. I think a lot of people now I could not. Yeah, maybe ask. some people have learned some things. Maybe someone on a site somewhere where maybe we're friends. Maybe they learned what a pirate is today. We'll see oh, what happens. Boy. Maybe later this week we can ask some questions. How oh. do you get to? He's stop. Look. Stop. Wait, he doesn't know what a pirate Look, is? Stop. Who are we even talking about? Really? So the point is... He didn't know what a pirate is? Sent- he didn't know they stole things. Are you fucking kidding me? Piracy? So anyway, <laughs> so print out some articles from Wikipedia, wrap yeah. them around the Funko Pop, 
and mail them. Jesus Christ, <laughs> oh Rob. Oh, my God. Make oh sure. Oh, <laughs> my God. Get the liner notes. Put it in a crunch wrap. There has to have been a pirate wrestler. There has to have been. I don't know. Right? Transference Elijah Wood was on stage. That looks spooky. So yeah, he's still spooky. alive. That's good. Who, what, Elijah Wood? I'm just kidding. I oh. Don't know. Like, he's doing stuff? Uh, wait, was wait, Elijah no, Wood at risk of death? No, no, not at all. I just, you know, I, I watched North and really liked it when I was 10. That's all. Okay. Wow, okay. He's actually. He's done a lot of things since then. <laughs> actually, he's I only done about on, four things. I had a crush on He did Flipper. He did Lord of the wait, Rings. What? He did Over the Garden hey, Wall. Hold on. He, he was flip- in Flipper. Wait, did he? He did Flipper. Yeah, he was in Flipper. Wait, like the movie. The he was being like a QT in Flipper. Yeah, in like 1995. I fucking loved Flipper when I was a kid. Me too. Like, dude, the you- show. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, there were always sharks, <laughs> and this is the three of sharks. But there were always sharks, <laughs> and then Flipper would be like, "Here I come," and it's like stock footage of sharks, and then <laughs> stock footage of dolphin, and then like trails of blood. It was more. that, but Elijah Wood. It was great. Yeah, he produces a lot of like low budget. A horror yeah, film he does a good job. He actually does a lot of really cool I had a stuff. big crush on Elijah Wood as a kid. That was yeah. like one of my first dude crushes. I was like, oh, 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 okay. Yeah, okay, <laughs> had, Elijah Wood. He like, had leg before, hair and flipper. Like before Lord of the Rings? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, wow. I, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lord you of the Rings, I was like, oh, no, I'm good. Your hair is like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> you were done. Lord of the Rings like ended it for me, Elijah Wood. That was it. Was, yeah. Remember in Sin City where he was like a bad person? Yeah. That was dope. <laughs> I was there for that. He had learning things. He showed he up. Basically, a malignant sweater, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And just like... Just a sentient... Sharp nails. Yeah. I don't even remember, but that was good. Uh, transference uh, VR psychological horror game? Is yeah, that I guess so. That? Yeah, the... Uh, what was... <laughs> like, the pitch from the, the creative director uh, went up there with Elijah Wood. He was like, haven't you ever wondered, imagined, dreamed of going into the minds of other people and finding out their darkest secrets? It's like, no. It sounds awful. Sorry. It's like he's giving the real pitch for um, what was that cyberpunk game last year? Oh, Observer. Observer. Yeah. Yes. Whatever yes. that other cyberpunk game from last year. Yeah, it didn't show up this year. I guess yeah. last oh, night was not, was the, not here. The, the last yeah, night last milkshake night. truck. The milkshake duck. No, I know, but I wanted to oh. make the ice cream oh, truck. The ice cream truck. Oh, okay. That was him. Sorry, that was, that was I him. I think that was him. That's his new job. <laughs> I'm oh, sure he's still shit. making that game. He's I bet he's. No, I, I assume it was in a, the it back was a, of the truck. It was a big project. He's on Patreon now. You can find him <laughs> doing oh. a podcast about history. Mm. Um, let's take a quick break. Yeah, sure. And we'll come back and we'll talk about Starlink, the Crew Two for Honor. We talked about for Honor already. Marching Fire that looks mm. cool. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Rob, you yeah. played some of that. I'm, I'm yeah. excited to hear about that. Then we'll talk about the PC gaming show and then uh, the the Sony. Show which had some cool yeah. games on it, but it was also yes. whew, bad presentation. Bad presentation. Mm-hmm. All right, we will be right back. Oh, I think. The- when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. And we are back. 
day zero of E3 2018, right in the middle of the Ubisoft, con- Ubisoft, 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 doing it right. I, I think if you're doing it right, then just, okay. Um, <laughs> Starling Battle for Atlas, also at the show, a game that I swore they would just put in the closet and just be like, I don't even worry about that. <laughs> what was that? that is, <laughs> Star who? What was that? What was it watch, what's the Watch Dogs? Starfield? Starfield. Starlink. 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 Battle and they did say, uh, uh, there was an interview with Keeley where they said Starfield is playable. Really? Uh, it's so it's that, a real game. It's, yeah, it's a real game. Huh? Uh, and that uh, wait, not was, playable at the show. No, just like yeah, it's yeah. playable internally, at, yeah. but it's it's far enough along that cool. it's playable, and that twenty nineteen uh, Elder Scrolls uh, is in pre production, yeah, and it's a lot a lot of it is them working through technology hurdles that yeah. for whenever there is their the ambition for ambition. that game. Right. That's cool. Um, Good to know. Um, Starlink Battle for Atlas. We were just talking about space and and. Procgen and big worlds and stuff. Proc, uh, uh, Starlink Battle for Atlas is a handcrafted universe, small galaxy or something of, of a couple of planets. Uh, it looks, I mean, like the the very quick and dirty picture on it very much looks like what if the No Man's Sky aesthetic, but for like, but a on kids Disney. Cartoon. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but a kid's cartoon hmm. with like characters and mm-hmm. enemies and... It's got, it's, it's it, it looks all right. Yeah, it does. Um, looks fun to play. Like it, it, Yes, I'm so torn on the... Toys to Life stuff. So this game debuted last year with the uh, the kind of pitch being that you would put a spaceship on your controller and then pull parts off of it and put new parts on. Yeah, so you wanted like a machine gun, you put the machine gun on, you, you want, want missiles, the, you put right, the missiles on, right. you want lasers. And there are going to be blah, puzzles blah. based on that and blah, blah, blah. I, there's a, there was a write-up on, on The Verge about the game um, and about how like the ambitions grew between last year and this year, I guess, or between early in dev and now. And like they kind of... Realize, like, oh, this could actually be a good. This could be a good game. Like, it almost it doesn't. They didn't come out and say it this way, but it felt like it was like, oh, we're gonna build a Toys to Life product for kids. And then it was like, well, actually, kids can play really interesting designs and like kind of fully featured games too. And so they gained a lot of a lot of feature set and a lot of like breadth. And so that had a cool look. I'm curious about that game. I don't remember. Did it have a date? Uh yeah, this fall, like okay. October. I think. Cool. Cool. So yeah, I'll check that out. I like spaceships. Well, it's it, so there was also uh, an interesting piece oh, right. uh, that I was reading this afternoon. I can't remember where I read it, but it was essentially um, positing this game may have some problems because the Toys mm. to Life market has sort of fallen. Right. One has fallen apart. A lot of other uh, publishers have kind of given up on it. Um, but also, uh, Toys R Us has gone into bankruptcy mm-hmm. between uh, then and now. And Toys R Us was one of the retailers that can be most counted on to have like the full. If you wanted Amiibos, if you wanted stuff like that, like. Right. They would have everything. Like, they had the full stock of stuff. But, like, the GameStops of the world, the Best Buys of the world, tend to have just slices of mm-hmm. that stuff. They don't, you know. Uh, so, that poses a problem for, like, something that is based around physical toys. Apparently, uh, there was a quote that said, like, the developer said you could both finish the game with the starter kit, which seems to maybe true, but run against sort of, like, the, the spirit pitch, of the right. game. Yeah. Um, and then well, I guess like, you think about something like Skylanders is beatable with right. the yeah. default stuff. But, but why are you playing that game? There's there's side stuff that you don't get access to if you don't have someone with the firepower to right. burn down the whatever. So it's like it's like a Metroid game, but the, instead of getting like the ice missiles, you go to the store and for seven ninety nine and get right get high high. Mm, yeah, give us one of fuck, them. Fuck, what's his name? Give us one of them. Which one? <sighs> it had like a weed connotation. Hydrobot. Hydro something. Fuck, what was his name? May have just been Hydro. Spyro the dragon. That's Hydro one. the dragon. That's one. That's one. That's one, motherfucker. You said give me one. Hydro. You didn't dragon. say give me two. Fucking bucket boys. Bucket boys. Oh, oh I'm back on board. 
All right. Uh, so, but you can also, I guess, get all the pieces digitally, and I don't know how that. Drobot. It's Drobot. Okay. Yeah. I didn't look that up. Yeah. I did not because I'm on. I'm on. I'm on the the join the fight Starlink page. <laughs> okay. It just came to me. Uh, you can buy the pieces digitally, but I don't know how that works. Is it cheaper? Uh, like, but, but it seems sort of strange to then be purchasing collect like li- paying actual money for collectible parts for your ship in a game in a digital in a digital. It's digital, and I can't confirm this. I don't know, how, but I'm assuming that. Right, you're paying. I assume you're paying for it because otherwise, in a normal game, you'd just be unlocking that, or it would be a loot that you would find. Yeah. So, uh, maybe, maybe you don't pay for it if it's digitally. But they said you can beat it with the starter kit. Right. So, why, if, if it was stuff you just found naturally in the game, why would they even tell you that you could beat it with the starter kit? So, right. I don't. I don't know. So it just uh, seems a little. Yeah, there's another cool thing about this game, which yeah. is Fox McCloud is in it. Sure. Or at least in the, the the Switch version of it, right? Makes me think they're announcing a Star Fox game tomorrow. So yeah, we've been thinking about that. I That would be cool. It would be cool if there was Why a Star Fox game. Why would that just randomly be in there? Come yeah. on. Yeah. Ubisoft and Nintendo are like, they're about They're synergies. very close, yeah. too. Yeah. The, the, the Mario Rabbit stuff, right? Rabbit's game's real good. Could, could happen. Um. All right. Yeah. So what what else? What was next? Uh, the Crew Two has a beta coming in June. Seemed a has little, a beta coming a little... like a week before it comes out. So I think where was it out in June? Was it? I, I think there's a so. beta happening now. Wasn't there just a beta too? No, you can preload the beta. Oh, you can. Oh. And then the game comes out like June 28th or something like that. Yeah, that game. I, we'll see. After having playing Horizon yesterday, I had such a good time <laughs> it, with it. Kind of like <laughs> if you're gonna play one of those this year. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, regarding like so. We were talking a little bit about this obliquely when we were looking at uh, Forza Horizon, the yeah. new one. Uh, and you were saying that looked like the good version of what the Crew 2 is doing. Where, where are we at on the Crew 2? I don't think it's that good. I played yeah. it at an event a, a few weeks ago, a month ago, yeah. and had a, you know, I think that the, the car racing model feels good. I like the way the cars handle. Yeah. I think there's some cool stuff with the photo mode. There's, like, photo puzzles, or, like, it'll be like, oh, this this distinctive uh, monument in blah, 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 and you have to find it in the, in the neighborhood. That's cool. That stuff is cool, yeah. but, like, I don't give a fuck about the boats. I think the planes aren't that interesting or fun to fly around. Um, it has a, re- here's the, the best thing it does. It has an incredible... Fast map, like switch out to the map and then back into your car, where it just goes like you're driving, you hit the map button, it goes like brute, zoom out all the way to the top, uh, like looking down at America, and then like you can even fast travel to another place and just like brute, zoom back in on that place. It does it so fast that it's impressive, but like there's there's no character to that game. There's no like sense of excitement. And they're trying so hard to produce this idea of like you are an influencer on your way up to gain. You just love driving, like love doing extreme stuff. And they're like, right? They're like, oh, that this is your rival in this neighborhood or in this in this type of event. It's kind of split into you know street racing type events and like outdoorsy type events and uh, like high class type events. And those right. those things are split by vehicle further. Do you know what I mean? So you can have right. super fast sports cars and super fast like speed boats and super fast jets are all in one, like the luxury one. Whereas the outdoorsy one will be the one that's like, it's like, you know, uh, motocross bikes and off-road vehicles and, you know, maybe like more like crop duster biplane type planes, you know, like, so it, it kind of has subdivisions around that line. And it's just like not, it's just, I don't, I don't, none of it gets me excited all and that's really frustrating because I love the idea of doing a road trip in the crew because I did it in the first one and had a good time with that but like I it was it felt it was so held back by its story and its world and its characters I thought they would improve on those things mm-hmm. and instead they kind of just decided what if we just jettisoned them and I don't think it's better without them right so I don't know um characters speaking of characters 
you played Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You can talk about that, right? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Tell me about that. I mean, tell me what the pitch is and tell me about your experience playing it and, and what you think about the, the, the way that they showed it in the trailer and stuff. Oh, man. I am just a knot of anxieties and contradictions <laughs> and delight. Okay. Um, yeah. So this is this takes place in a setting that is very near and dear to my heart. It is a it is before even Assassin's Creed Origins. A game you uh, liked a lot. I liked Origins a lot. I did too. Me too. I, yeah, I wish I'd spent more time with it. I left it. I left it originally being like, ah, I think the game starts kind of bad. And then as I kept dipping back into it, I was like, ooh, this is actually pretty it good. Takes some t- it, t- it does take some time, but once you sort yeah. of like, once it sinks your claws, it, it's claws into you, like, it's it's a really rich world. I want to go back to it still. Did now, you ever get to Bayek and the City in the Sands? No. Um, that's really, I think, where that Oh, wait. Is that, that, is that the one with the. There's like. They're excavating a, a yes, lost city. That whole arc is super good. Yeah. Yes. God, and like there's for the, people who don't know very very broadly without spoiling spoiling anything, there is like a overseer in that town who is like pushing his people too hard and mysterious and kind of in the dark. But and also he's like very warm to you and, yes. and friendly. But there's like always a weird like edge between like it's yes. people getting along, but they you don't know. It's yeah. all going, and then it ends with this wonderful fight in a sandstorm in the temples that have been being dug up, and it's caught up with this whole. I mean, this is the idea when we talk about the division two and it wanting to say nothing. Assassin's Creed Origins wants to say a lot of things, and it successfully does it. Yeah, that particular encounter says so much about history and rein- reinvention, and the idea that even in the ancient world, people were trying to discover who they were and like define who they were through an ownership over history because. This ancient ruin that you're talking about in Origins has been covered over by sand again and again and again. And this guy has kind of promised all of these people, come to my town, help dig up these ruins, and you'll have free land. Well, it's and great. The uh, God, I, I should know this uh, actor's name, but uh, the person who plays Bayek yeah. is just such a good performance. Yes. But there's this like great like dinner sequence where it's a family <sighs> dinner. And Bayek's like listening to this guy's like increasingly like utopian but also megalomaniacal vision. And he's like so that's how it works. You just you go into the sand, you dig up your house, and he just starts laughing. And the guy like looks at him, and like that room goes cold. Yeah. Uh, so that's the kind of shit I'm hoping for. I'm a little less confident this is going to bring it out, uh, in part because so we're moving the action now back about like 300 years to classical Greece. So it's an uh, origins origin. Yeah, and I'm not sure like if there's really going to be an origins element or if this is going to be more of a now we are like very self-consciously locating the series back closer to its own time of like myth and legend. Okay. Like, well, the so they, that, they have said that there is going to be a modern day element that will pick up with the same origin, character, with, with the same character. Cool. Where origins she was great too. I liked her a lot. And origins leaves off. If you care about the Assassin's Creed mythology, I won't spoil it. But like, there is some stuff that happens at the end that like okay. starts trying to tie some things back together. Um, with some connective tissue, so they're not like fully jettisoning that stuff, but like how it, how it actually connects to the past, like unclear. But like the modern stuff would usually the modern stuff is like there's a justification for why they're going back to a location um, yeah. in time. God, it's so so funny because that story talking about Ubisoft and labor and shit. The, the modern day story in Assassin's Creed Origins is like fully about someone who's hyper passionate being exploited by a mega corporation. Yeah, but that's a, that's a weird thing about 
like All Assassin's Creed. Games. Like the the minute like the Black uh, Black Sails, uh Black Flag takes yeah. pa- place in Ubisoft, basically, and right. it's like kind of a shitty corporate dystopia, yeah. and you're strip mining history for games. Like, I mean, they've always had those elements yeah. of like uh, you know very lavish like borderline protest art, but it can't really but it be can't protest be. art right. Right. anyway. Yeah. Uh, so this moves the action toward the outbreak of the Peloponnesian War. Okay, and um, so fun fact about me. This is a subject I know a little bit Please, about. keep going. Yeah, you're I, more you fun guys, facts about Rob. <laughs> you were a classics major? Yeah, and What's I that also... mean? Because, because that's one of those majors that, like, you meet someone at the party and they go, I was a classics major. And they, and you're like, cool, yeah, classic, Rob. I love the Beatles. I love it. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Yes, thanks for the pickup. I threw it up. I was like, I don't have a spike for this. And Patrick did. Thank you. You're a Eagles girl? <laughs> yeah, no, so, like, I... Big uh, Dick Nick. <laughs> I majored in classical languages, uh, so like classics is a weird field. You can study called classical civ, like basically you're civ st- one and two. Is that mm-hmm. yes, absolutely? That's that's what you that's what you do. Uh, you, my dissertation was on the save game that had gone on for like six hundred years, uh, and how could we possibly end this war? Uh, no, that's um, a good yeah, okay. Yeah, so like you know, if you if you study classics, uh, that basically means you're studying Greek and Roman. Uh, gotcha. Like language, literature, and civilization. Right, so right, it's right. kind. Of, it's a very like all in one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's an unusual field, right. uh, and I liked it a lot because of that. But my specialty within that, uh, and the thing I wrote a two hundred page thesis on, Good. was the Peloponnesian War. Good. Um, so you got it. Yeah, like this is a period I know real well. Which is a war between uh, Athens and Sparta, but really okay. they're two alliance systems, and that's what this oh. game is about. Okay. Uh, so. There's a lot of things this is changing up. Um, you play, uh, you have the option of playing one half of a brother and sister pair, uh, Cassandra. So it's syndicate. It's, it's Assassin's Creed syndicate in that sense. Yeah. Okay. And it's Cassandra and uh, Alexios or something like that. Shit. Alex. Yeah. He's sounds right. Big horn dog. That's all I know about him. But uh, what is he? Huh? In my hands, he was. But we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> oh, baby! By accident, like I was. Anyway, we're big gonna, Rod like, Todd going on. We're, we're, here. we're gonna go right. some places. Big Rob, Rob. But uh, no. this hey. was this is the stuff that was not in my thesis. Uh, uh. But <laughs> are you sure? I, well, I mean, my dedication. Obviously, I did sign it, Big Rob, Rob. But <laughs> right, uh, right. you know, for some reason, the library refused to shelve it, and I had to, I had to take that understand. part out. Huh. Uh, Very weird. disrespectful to you. The line, not anyway. Uh, <laughs> wow, please. I have to go. <laughs> we have problems. Wow, uh, recenter. Yes. So, Alexios <laughs> and Cassandra. Cassandra. Uh, you're both like mercenaries and also like Spartan exiles. Sure. And what's different in this game, there's a lot of things that are different, but one of the things is it's not a static world. You are mercenaries journeying around the Aegean, going from like island to island, city to city. And the thing about this period is that, uh, and I'm not sure exactly where we are in in this war, uh, but basically after throwing back the Persian invasion, the Spartans took the lead in this Greek coalition and were basically chasing the Persians out of all the Greek cities around the Mediterranean. The Spartans, as is their want, kind of got tired of doing that and went full isolationist. Right. The Athenians took up the slack and created a really like NATO-like alliance structure in some ways where everyone sort of passes the hat and all the Greek city-states unite under Athenian command for military purposes and fund a pretty massive army ruled by Athenians. Okay. Flash forward 30 years, that empire is now a tyranny. Mm-hmm. And, like, Athens has all the money. They've basically taken it from their allies. 
And then he tries to leave the alliance. The Athenians kind of crush. And the Spartans, people are looking to the Spartans to sort of counterbalance that and end the Athenian uh, domination. Maybe there's no good guys in this because they're both really shitty powers in a lot of ways. Um, But anyway, (laughs) in this world, each of these communities you visit, or a lot of them at least, can be flipped from one side to the other. And you play mercenaries who basically are almost kingmakers wherever you go is what it sounds like. Like you go to an island and it's almost a bit um, uh, maybe Far Cry-ish where like you you start knocking out like so if you're like taking out camps for instance. Right. um, You are starting to – I forget what the the term in the game is but it's basically like you're creating – like military power or nation power within gotcha. this region. Are you and when you take over a camp or whatever? Are you saying, "Oh, I'm doing this for the Spartans" or "I'm doing this for the Athenians"? Or are you, yeah, really? And yeah. you're like raising a flag. Uh, or are you it wasn't like that. It's it. like you're, you're you're taking a side when you show up. There's like people like it, like oh right. I guess if you're taking Spartan camps, you're taking them for Athenian Athenians. Yeah, or it might even be like you're dealing like which whose agents on this island are you going to deal with? Gotcha. Like everything I saw was yeah. anti-Athenian, but okay. apparently like. As far as the game's overall structure goes, you're going to have a lot of choices whether or not you want to flip the side, flip one side or the other. Gotcha. Um, is there any reason that you saw that you wouldn't just make a binary choice to pick one side or the other? Or is there going to be reasons as a mercenary where you're like, I'll play well, we're, we're doing this and like, actually, I'm going to fuck over them over well, here. Well, and also like because the two sides are not just abstractions. Like in a lot of the places you're going to go, you're going to run into representatives of those two, two empires right. and they will be characters. So mm. it'll be, be a bit like... And this is definitely, I think, maybe the primary influence on this game in a lot of ways. It's very Witcher 3-like. Right. I mean, oh. even Origins had already felt like it was <laughs> starting that path. It feels like they're going to take three games to, like, fully RPG. Another way to do the thing that we've been talking about again and again this week. How do you bring an audience to a new place? And when you're Ubisoft and you have making $2 billion a year in sales... It's real. We'll make three games. You we're especially when, you're, when, when it's an annual franchise right. where, exactly. you, where you can do that incrementally. You bring so. like an encroaching forest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. To, we're in a new genre now. Yeah. Uh, but so it sounds to me like you like in at one place you might just like the uh, Spartan officer a little bit better than mm-hmm. gotcha. whoever's okay. repping the Athenians. Um, and so you're going to be doing a lot of this, uh, a lot of it like standard Assassin's Creed stuff, doing missions, shit like that. Um, you're also going to be doing a lot of sailing in this game because huh. it's the Aegean. Uh, so yeah. there's a lot of trireme combat, basically what you saw in Assassin's Creed Origins. Right. Um, then there's also big old battles. Huh. Uh, when the military power score goes up enough, you can like trigger a large land engagement huh. uh, to sort of, it's, it seems like, determine who is going to rule a piece of territory. Did you get to see one of those? Yeah, I did, and I played it. It sucked. Wow. Like that's <laughs> I mean that's the problem. Like it's it's a nifty idea, but it feels very Dynasty Warriors and they but I'm listening. Dy- but Dynasty Warriors like in like a corporate ballroom. You know what I mean? Like that it's like just like one large area with a bunch of people like fighting. It's like so like Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> yeah. No, but those are big. Those are yeah, like scale. I, get you. I see what you're this saying. This is this is tiny. And the other thing is this. Oh, they showed it in the in the in the the, the, the gameplay demonstration they did. Oh, and they're I didn't on the even beach. Notice that that's what that was, and I'm pretty sure that's what he's yeah. talking about. Where it's like oh. it's, it, it tries to to, to to present as like this big epic yes. clash, yes. but when you actually look around, it's like oh, this is like 50 people 
That it's really not that epic, all things yeah. told. Yeah, right? and you go around, and now, the, one interesting dynamic is that they are all characters in there. So if you're, like, you won't pull aggro unless you hit somebody, but if you're, like, going in there like a dervish, you'll end up fighting, like, a bunch of people through this battle, and then you'll be trying to, like, sort of lose them. <laughs> you, like, try to get, like, lose yourself in the crowd. Like, no, right. man, like, I wasn't... I wasn't trying to backstab you a minute ago. I only accidentally stabbed you with my arrows. <laughs> or with your, the Spear of Leonidas is like the big yeah, thing. Yeah, that's the kind of right. big thing. Godlike powers. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I just didn't dig about those battles is like, look, historical liberty is all well and good. Mm-hmm. But this is not how Greek combat like ever happened. Like this is like this is like if you don't know much about Greece, you probably still know one thing, which is that these battles were like, Shields. shields and spears right. sort of like fighting in lines and that's not that's probably not a great like combat experience <laughs> right. but at the same time what they've replaced it with is also not a great combat experience and it's very like deeply silly and, and cartoonish yeah. uh, in a way that I didn't, didn't but I mean love. so in general from what I've seen of the demo that they had at Ubisoft stage cartoonish or like m- mythical or like there is a there is a sort of Force to some of the attacks in this game that feels over the top in a very comic booky way. Uh, can you talk about that at all? Do you have like special magic ability? Like, what is uh, the? Did you see that in your time playing? It? Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. And again, I'm ambivalent about it. Uh, it's cool. It feels fun. Like, so my favorite ability, for instance. Um, so if you do like the left shoulder button and then use the uh, right hand face buttons, uh, you can do a special like attack. Hmm. Uh, and so left shoulder brings up this menu that's four buttons mapped oh, to the... Oh, sure. Right, right. right. I saw that in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of those things is you can kick somebody. Yeah, the kick looked and good. Yeah, you kick people, like, hard. <laughs> it is and they just go the 300 fly. kick, right? Right. And that was... Uh, I ran to Jeff Grubb, kick. and he was Thank like, it, it, it is cool. It does look cool. Uh, it's also extremely 300. And the fact that, like, a couple people have, like... People demoing the game were like, yeah, like the kick is great, isn't this the best part? <laughs> it's like, yeah, but is this going to be interesting over the long haul? Right. right. Like, the, is it gonna, the 300th time you've done the 300 kick. Yeah. Is that still going to be enjoyable? That's right. said, like, kick somebody like off a tower in the middle of a fight. That felt, felt pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Nice. Right. Nice. Did you climb any How many towers did you climb? Oh, tons, tons. Uh, also, like, swam through like cool underwater grottos. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And like, it's gorgeous. Like, and it feels very different from. Um, it feels very different from Origins. That like, again, uh, you know, the Greek islands at this time. It's all gorgeous Mediterranean tropical environments. It's all like flowers and you know creeping vines and really like lavishly decorated temples right um, but, like this is these are uh, this is sort of an empire and a civilization civilization at its height uh unlike uh egypt right. where like there's a lot of ruins of old empires and then a declining one sort of at the center clinging to its right yeah interesting so that's kind of cool there's also a lot of um they, like they had a special like part of the demo where they're like among the characters you're going to encounter one of them is socrates Oh, um, yeah. Is that when your character got horny? No. Oh. I'm not sure Socrates is going to be romanceable. What the fuck? Thanks, video games. 2018. Why would you not make Socrates? Well, I'm glad you asked, Plato. Uh, no, Aww. it's... It, like, I think he's more like... He's Come to just, my cave, Socrates. He's kind of your tiresome old mentor, okay. is kind of the thing. Like, the relationship they have is clearly... 
your character is already kind of over Socrates' shtick of like <laughs> okay, that's ask, good. answering question with a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I understand that. Yeah. Um, but what is an assassin? Yeah. Uh, but what is justice? Oh, like time to what is justice <laughs> was like later? five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Like you come across Socrates and you're like, we need to kill that guy. He spilled blood on the sacred island of Delos. And Socrates is like, but what is justice? And Wait, that's the is thing. that the voice they gave Socrates? That's the voice they gave everybody, dude. Like, I'm I live a little, in Astoria. Like, okay. Like, well, great. Like, basically, Assassin's Creed, like, Odyssey, like, basically, the, that is an entire imagining of, like, classical Greece as, like, the inside of a diner. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like, right. Where the old timers that, That's actually, come that's a pretty the, good pitch, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thanks. I love diners, actually. No, it's... It's a greasy spoon. Yes, very, very much so. Uh, but no, the, the thing, the thing that I'm a little ambivalent about is just like a lot of the characters, the accents are so pronounced that it feels like they're doing accents more than doing characters right. in places, sure. and that sure. that is not something that you get in Origins. Origins yeah, it feels very like, naturalistic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, people have accents, but there's like richly expressed characters within those. Right, these all feel like they're played a little too. Broadly, for my taste, which also feels like in line with the kind of mythic comic booky vibe, right? For better and worse, and I take this period very seriously. But uh, the but the other so the other thing I should get to here is um, so there's romance, cool, and because there's dialogue options. There's yeah. like a dialogue wheel. Mass Effect is back, baby. Yeah, in Greek form, everyone is just like feasting on the corpse of Andromeda at this point. <laughs> just like, God. just like they sent they sent Mass Effect to a different galaxy, and all its rivals were waiting for it. It, it basically, it, it, just... it blew up and just it scattered into a bunch of different oh. games. Right, I saw it. It's the end of Mass Effect Three. That's yeah. what happened. Yeah, there you oh. go. Out. Yeah. Assassin's Creed is like holding Mass Effect. Oh. Everything's a little green. Yep. You know, it's indoctrination theory. Actually, it's mm. all. So oh. let me give you an idea of like. Uh, where romance went wrong and right for me oh, a little please. bit. Tell me where. Um, so there was this mission uh, where we're setting up for um, like a naval battle, and I run into this Spartan officer uh, on the shore, and he's sort of trying to rally his men to like go fight the Athenians on water, which is not something Spartans are ever confident about. Um, but your character sort of hops up on the boat next to him and is like. Hey, what's going on here? And the Spartan officer is like, "Well, we need to go fight the Athenians, like break the siege, and sort of drive them out of the waters on this island." Uh, and then a bunch of menu options come in. It's like, "Who are the Athenians?" I'm not. I'm not gonna talk. Like, we know who the Athenians are. Come on. Right. Uh, and the, the other one is like, Colorado. What's that? Yeah, That's the equivalent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, and the other one is like, "Cool guy, let's go on the boat." And I'm like, eh, "Like, I, I want to talk some more." And the other one is like. What orders do you have for me? And I'm like, cool, let's get the briefing. Mm-hmm. Click, what orders do you have for me? If I were under your command, <laughs> what would you make me do? Oh, did I have a heart next to that? Well, it did. Like, that's why I noticed after that. Okay. But it's not, but it was not a very big heart. It was like, in the dialogue, was, in the one they showed in the yeah. trailer, like, it's literally just like, Three dialogue options, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just one of them just randomly had a heart. Right. And in the demonstration they showed, where you're playing as Cassandra, who is taught, right. the, yeah. the, the, the woman character's sister that you can play as. Yes, and they're like they're they're talking to a, a, a you know a man and a woman. It's not clear like what the relationship is, but they're standing next to each other. And then like there's a dialogue option for like, so are you two together? And they highlight it, but right. didn't pick it. Um, but yeah, it is a kind of just a tiny yeah. little cool. I mean, so I mean, in, in a way, this is part of. 
the ongoing critique of that style of romance. It got tacky. Hold on. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> if I were under your command, what would you make me do? And the Spartan officer is like, uh, I would probably have you like follow orders and sail <laughs> against the like a very non-committal yeah, reply yeah. And, a very mort response yeah yeah uh, very like i don't i don't get it like yeah. uh <laughs> but then is this flirting is that what this is and then like my next option was i tried something similarly neutral and the thing that comes out of like alexius's mouth is uh oh i get it <laughs> your guy with like a hard outer shell, but I'll bet I could get to your soft center. Oh. Hell yeah. And Hell yeah. The Spartan is like, shoot your shot, Alexios. And the Spartan is like, that's why I carry a shield. Boom. Oh, good. my and, God. And I was just like, well, I guess we got to see this through. Yeah. And you do not do. Yeah. Like, yeah. At that point, if you eject, it's like, oh, well, you know. Yeah. Like, look, this isn't going to be one for the, you know, record books. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I think sure? that's that's but I think that's how my luck is going to be. It's you know? just going to be sort of blundering through <laughs> one like awkward like So wait, when you said like, why did I just game, say that? What you mean is there's hookups. <laughs> right? Like there's this like 100% flings, there's one Tinder stands, in this there's game. There's Tinder. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, like for all in but it, is that a recurring does that does that character feel like someone who would recur or does that feel he does. like Okay. He does. Okay. It, but I also I can see this being a situation where there's like kind of one in every port, uh, sure. as it were. Hell yeah! Um, <laughs> so <laughs> all right, you know what Danielle's going to do, uh-huh. and it does Sounds it good. does sort of look like everybody is player oriented, right? Uh, so like you shoot your shot and and you shoot the, and, and, and the it goes net in. is and just miles wide, right? Like, right. Is, and then brothers. you beat yeah. your dudes, right? Yeah. Uh, so. It was kind of hilarious. It was a little tacky. Yeah. Uh, like, you, like, I suspect like, you're not going to reach the heights of, like... Is it tacky or is, like, it, is, 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 is there an alternate way of looking at where it was kind of endearingly sort of... <laughs> no? Uh, no, I, actually, I think I think that's right. Because it's interesting. Alexio seemed, like, more of a goon than Cassandra. Like, Cassandra definitely seemed like... I could imagine her saying those lines and that's they, like, had intent and, and meaning. Right. And she seemed like, a little more assertive. Yeah, whereas Alexios totally seems like he just got done with the keg stand <laughs> and is now ready to do bro, whatever bro, the bro, fuck bro. is required. Bro, let's He's make out. Make his bro. Move. bro, let's make out. It's a big fucking triary. <laughs> <laughs> we could go hang out over there. It's me and you, bro. Yeah. Touch the water. Touch it. It's cold. <laughs> Not like me. Bro. Wow. There's a bush. There's a, we go is in that, that bush. moonlight? That's moonlight, yeah. If you saw moonlight, oh, there's. It also seems like they're doing a lot more with like non-lethality. Um, huh. Like there's a mission that like the mission Socrates gives you is like, look, if you kill somebody on Delos, like that's not gonna that's not gonna play. Like this huh. is a religious center to the Greeks of the islands, okay. basically. So if you do that, like things are gonna go bad and people are gonna be hunting you. Uh, there's now like sort of a heat meter. That was sort of in Origins at some now point, right? Now it's more pronounced. It's okay. a, like now it's a major right, part of the Right, it was more UI. just like you were being hunted or whatever. Right, and now like you are you hiding have... a child. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and you will have like more bounty hunters cool. get on your case. Um, so That's there neat. was a whole thing where I had to basically spring a guy out of jail without getting anyone killed. Here's a question, and we should move on. Yeah. Does it? So one of my favorite things about Origins, a lot of people wrote about this and talked about it on social media, was the sense of the sense of place that was communicated 
partially through missions where you were doing things like helping people recover the Book of the Dead that they needed to perform funeral rites or helping someone move you know, sacks of grain, but also just people by themselves moving sacks of grain and you know, um, um, uh, putting to, uh, uh, making dye in these big dye vats in Alexandria or, or working the fields in different ways. It felt like they communicated so much character about the places through ambient uh, scenarios and ambient kind of background animations. Did that come into this? Absolutely. Like, it was literally the first thing I saw. Like, yeah. you have to understand, like, when this demo started, yeah. like, I like, took... <gasps> I did. Like, like, it's weird. It was one of the first times I really got, like, why people get connected to these settings. Yeah. It's like, this is something I know. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm kind of here. And yeah, it's a heightened kind of like yeah. fantastical version of it. But like, so I walk off the pier, and the first thing I encounter is two little kids practicing wrestling moves in the market. And like, oh, they're good. not, and they're, they don't have it down. They're trying oh, to work good. through their grappling moves. And oh like, the, there's one kid trying to lead the sort of exercise, and the other one's just quite not getting it. I watch those kids for like five minutes, tr- like trying to master this throw. And I was like, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I'm excited for this. I'm I'm very curious. So you can have a hot person in every port. Hot person in every port. Hey, maybe some of them aren't that hot. There's but non-lethal. Still down. Oh, Alexios is down. Like, Alexios, Alexios is down. Is down. Cassandra yeah. seems dope as a character too. If they're down. Alexios, Alexios is, is down. down. Yeah, there you right, go. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Sounds great. Awesome. Uh, I'm really curious to see how that thing shakes out. I really want to play it because I didn't put enough time into Origins, and I like this direction. Like at least at least if if it's gonna be. Like, hey, we're in this sort of this part of the world for a couple of games before, like, they inevitably shift yeah. to something else. Yeah. Um, at least they're doing something. They're, they're changing sort of like the mechanics of the game. They're like they're experimenting as they go back to an annualized thing. Yeah. So it's like you're going to annualize it again and not take two, three year gaps. At least, like, I, I don't know if I would have wanted to just play another. If, if it was just Origins Two, more Bayek. As much as I liked Bayek, like I would be less enthused and less interested yeah. than this, where they're doing sort of a fundamental, sh- or at least and, I would have wanted that stuff, right? Like right. romance, like you know, romance options and dialogue, dialogue stuff. Options like the, that's what, that's what's getting abilities. me in. Right, mm-hmm. it's clear they're experimenting with that stuff. Uh, there is a gap right now. You know, you, you look at the the Anthem stuff and, and Bioware fans saying, like, hey, we want not just romance, but again, characterization, dialogue options, choices in that way. <laughs> and Assassin's Creed is adding Assassin's it. Creed is adding People, and, and, but Assassin's Who knows Creed, how well it Assassin's does. Assassin's Creed right. is also seemingly adding some of the other stuff around the, the world building and stuff like that right. too, right? So, hey, you know what? That's, it's Every day is a new day. Some old franchises become new, you know? Well, the armor was so good. Like, there was a helmet. That helmet looked good. I'm into it. All right. Let's talk about the PC gaming show and we'll probably run through this one pretty quick. I'm not going to go through everything that was on that show. There's a lot. There's a lot on that show. Um, a couple things that stood out for me. I think probably the thing that stood out the most to me is a game called Sable, uh, which has one of the most yes. beautiful art styles I've seen. It looks that like Mobius a, ooh, kind yes. of beautiful, 100%. gorgeous. 100%. Yeah. Um, Mobius, like, very bright colors, or not only not only bright colors, some right. deep colors also. Very, like, heavy outlines. Um, Rob, did you see this? Did you take? Did, did everyone at the table get a chance to see this yeah. thing? Okay, cool. 100%. Um, just so striking. Music is incredible. Music by the musician Japanese Breakfast. Uh, writing by Meg Jayanth, who did 80 Days, which is oh, one of my favorite yeah. games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, about a sort of like... Yeah, so I played this back at Judges Week. It's rough. It's early. I think the camera needs a lot of work. Um, it it is it's two people. It's two with people contractors. with contractors who are doing like music writing and some other design stuff or some other like coding stuff. I think um, 
you may have seen gifts of it, uh, sort of like speeder bikes, like Star Wars style speeder bikes on the sand dunes, just like kind of fluttering around um, in the sunset. It's such a striking look. Um, I really hope they can stick the landing on it. It's kind of like you're exploring the world on those speeder bikes and then kind of going into these ruins and exploring and, and doing environmental puzzles. Um, they, when I talked to, um, I think I was talking to Dan at the studios, Dan and Greg, Dan, Dave, Dan. Um, he was saying like one of the biggest inspirations for him, a recent memory for it, is the opening bit of um, The Force Awakens when Rey is exploring mm. the deserts of yeah. Jakku and going down into that Star Destroyer. Best shot in the movie. That's the best right? shot in the movie, 100%. Like it's, like it's such a big – it's so good. Um, and, and he was saying like we decided we wanted to make that game. Not the game where then she finds the droid, the BB droid or whatever, and then like goes on to do Star Wars adventures. The one where it's like her and the other people who go out into the into the waste and scavenge. what's left on Jakku. What's le- exactly what? Who's left? Ray behind? leaves, Ray, and then like and then like that that town right. goes on. And then Jay is still there doing whatever. Sable is still there. Sable's yeah. name of that character. It's so beautiful. It's so weird to me. I, I said this on Twitter today, but like so I do Friends at the Table, which is a tabletop game podcast. The current season. I was linking the other cast members of that podcast gifts of that game from a year and a half ago before we got to our current science fantasy season. And then I was making playlists and including Japanese breakfast in those playlists and talking about how Meg Jayanth wrote other cultures in 80 days. And it was like one of these like perfect things, like not, you know, in different moments. It wasn't just like, oh, here it is. And they still, it's just one of those things like, oh, wow, this speaks to me on such a deep level. It's so cool to see it actually like, cohere and, and be on a stage and have such a, a beautiful trailer. And that's Raw Fury publishing that. Yes. And they've, they've published well. some really cool games. So. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Uh, what else stood out to people? Anything else on that, that show? Um, Frogware is doing a Lovecraft uh, game. What is that game called again? Uh, the Sinking City. Right. Uh, or The Sunken City. Uh, sinking? Sinking. I feel like it's in the act of sinking. Yeah. <laughs> mid-sink. Um, yeah, mid-sink. <laughs> um, it's interesting, like... I like Frogwares. Like, I think their take on Sherlock Holmes, uh, well, it, that series had highs and lows, but like, I think over time they started really dialing in a very High cool, number like, one, every time Justin McElroy talks about Frogwares. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, but like, I think they're, they're, they're kind of charming games, and they got really good at evoking like creepy atmosphere and sort right. of what we think of when we think about like you know the Whitechapel murders era My and stuff like Carver book. What we think about when we think about <laughs> the Whitechapel murders. Um, but so in some ways they seem a natural fit for like a Lovecraft themed game and. I'm curious to see what they do with that. The issues I see are twofold. Uh, one is the more faithful you are to Lovecraft, the yeah. weirder things get. Mm. Uh, and two, Frogwares are an adventure game studio, and like they've done a lot. Uh, they've done a lot to like have to have fun mini games and different mechanics thrown into those games. Deduction mini games. Deduction like mini games like. When they really lean into that stuff, like Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper, yeah. the, the deduction board you played around with was like legit. That was a good cool. detective game, and like oh, you're saying the other way, you're saying sometimes the mini games are just like goofy and bad, and that doesn't fit with this. The first mystery, and well, no, it's more that they haven't done a game where you're like shooting fucking demons. Oh, and anything. like that's a big part of what they there's show. A way, they there's a way they can right. sidestep some of this stuff, right. but they sure. can't sidestep it with Lovecraft. Right, right, and so that's my racism mini game. <laughs> They'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, 
so that's th- that's my reservation. Like I could see this being really really cool. Either way, it's got my attention. Mm-hmm. But also, I see so many potential pitfalls with something like this. And again, I, with Lovecraft, I always worry like, are you celebrating the stylistic influences or are you celebrating Lovecraft? And right, those are two different things, and it's an important. These difference. days, it feels like it's always. The tends to be yeah. the, the, influence. the influence. Like yeah. I like yeah. I think when people say Lovecraft, they actually don't even know what they're no. saying anymore. Yeah. Right. Like and that was even me for a long time. Before, totally. Like I like saw some Twitter thing that like was like I never really read Lovecraft. I knew I can identify Lovecraft right. a mile you away. Knew what, like Cthulhu was. You right. understood what like the the way that cosmic horror cultists. Yeah. Same way that uh, like stuff. you may not have seen Blade Runner, but like you right. can identify Cyberpunk. Blade Runner aesthetic right, from right. you know totally. same sort of thing. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. We'll see. Anything stood out for you? Yeah, Night Call. Oh, right. That looked interesting. That did. Yeah, it really interesting. It's like it looks like a sort of noir uh, or very like black and white. I think it was black and white. Yeah, black and white. Yeah, film noir, hardboiled detective looking. Very much, and you are a cab driver, I think. Yeah, Uh, and it's sort of an adventure game uh, where you know apparently like there's a series, there's a serial killer about, and you're driving a cab in the city at night, and you're sort of involved in some level. I've seen Zodiac. Don't drive a cab. No, I know, I know. There's a serial killer. Could be a bad idea, but it just looks cool. It has a style, uh, and. That's yeah. the sort of shit I get super into. So. Is that the game that's like sort of about like the gig economy and stuff like oh, that? Oh, is it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I that's a cyberpunk game. taxi game. That, that different one? I believe is different, but I'm very interested in that okay. as well. But I don't I don't know if that's even at E3. But I remember I, I know what you're talking about for sure. I'm racking my brain because I'm in the middle of an issue. Like I started, not in the middle of. I started to play and meant to return to, but did not. <laughs> uh, a cool uh, like text adventure uh, that was also kind of a hard boiled detective story. It's like from this year. And it's driving me fucking crazy, but it's a cute cat in it, and you are like. Um, it sounds good. What? Wait, is it the? Is it the like? Uh, did Cam write about this recently? He may have. Buddy cop adventure. No, no, it's not that okay. one. This this one has a much more. Uh, it, like this is gonna drive me absolutely uh, <laughs> batty at this point. Uh, but Night Call kind of reminded me of that of like nice. someone sort of adapting. What was fun about like the Continental Op short stories oh, to like awesome. a text adventure? Oh, that format. sounds great! Like yeah. that, I would dig. Cool. Yeah. Um. Anything else that stood out from that show? Um. Briefly, Ublitz. I want to live in Ublitz. Oh, the world of Ublitz is tomorrow. cute. I'm excited. Let I'm me know what you tomorrow. think of that. Yeah. Uh, Overkill's The Walking Dead. I played that at Judges. We so super brief. Can you tell us the story? It's just fucking. I don't want to be that person who's like mad at a demo. That you're you're so overkills the Walking Dead. Overkill uh-huh. makes payday. Right, it's like Left for Dead meets payday. It's like yep. Left for Dead. There are zombies. So it's the Walking Dead, and then you get to there are also people. There are also human enclaves of people who shoot at you with guns, and those things happen at the same time. Interesting pitch. Others, there's stuff where you're like looting. You're trying to be quiet. You're trying to use more melee weapons. So less like Left for Dead of just like if there will be hordes. There will be times where you have to start shooting, but way more Walking Dead in terms of like use your your cricket bat, use your wrench. Right. Uh, no one I was playing with would use their wrench. Everyone would use their fucking gun constantly and would be like, I was, it was one of the games like, I'm rezzing people over and over and over again. Like, hey, yeah, let's, uh, make sure you silence weapons or pit. Boom, boom, boom. Like, oh, okay. Amateurs. I just want to know if this game is good and I can't find out. And maybe that says something. <laughs> sure. Uh, we eventually got kind of far in and then we fought the, like, enclave of people and they were just like, yeah, we have guns and there's 12 of us and you were not playing tactically. Boom, you're dead. So I died quick at that point. But it's a neat pitch. Overkill's done some good stuff. They've yeah. done some stuff that I haven't been fond of. We'll see what that looks like in the long run. I don't know. 
Uh, Hitman 2. Yeah. Uh, that game looks... I am going to kill so many people at a Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's going to be ridiculous. I've thought about I've thought about ways to do this so yeah. many times. Since the announcement if or just in general? Here, if anybody here, if anybody at this table were to murder people, I feel like it would you would be the one to do it the best, for sure. Oh, the best. Like, he would do it the best. Like, the coolest way. Like, the most... The coolest way. He would plan it the most masterfully. He would pull it off the most masterfully. If that's true, how do we know he hasn't already done it? We don't. But I'm also totally the guy who, like, Columbo just fucking aces in, like, five seconds. Yeah. Just, like, literally, (laughs) like... One one more thing. Just one more thing. Just one more thing. Uh, Yeah. I was feeling my stuff. This guy's just got... Yeah. (laughs) Pour me a glass of water. I see you're using your left hand. Your left hand. Normally, you use your right hand. Why, Why... why, little, oil, why is there a little oil there on your hand there? <laughs> I can't remember who uh, wrote this, but it was like all Columbo stories are basically horror stories about like a sympathetic like murderer who committed the perfect crime to which you are like a psychic accomplice. Yes. <laughs> and then the monster enters like and and monster it's, it's Columbo. Columbo. Oh, that's so good. Um, last thing that I'd, I'd point out, Sega putting their stuff on PC. Yeah. Yakuza 0, Yakuza Kiwami, Valkyria Chronicles 4. And they're like Shenmue 1 and 2. Is it also Shenmue 1 yeah. or 2? I didn't mm-hmm. see that. Oh, awesome. I've never played Shenmue 2. They announced 2. that already. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. But that's part yeah. of like this larger lineup of bringing Japanese games mm-hmm. to the PC. And like they, the ports they've done in the past have been like pretty good. And I've just been really, it's really encouraging the, to see more Japanese developers embracing Steam in the PC. Yeah. And it's really encouraging to see like Sega as a company who has such a rich history of games that they could bring to the PC, who has not done much with that platform in the past. Like, I, I hope it does well for them. Um, it'd be nice to like have the whole Yakuza series, like because they're gonna go through and do yep. all those. Sounds um, like there's a good pre-order deal on Yakuza Zero too it's like right now. Eighteen bucks or something. Yeah, which, so that game's good. Yeah, that game's eighteen dollars good. All right, we should talk about Sony, and maybe we'll take another break in the middle of this if we feel like we need to. But I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It'd out. be fitting for the Sony press conference aesthetic. Uh, can we, we take just, it now? Come to my right, so window. Let's take, we're gonna take another break, and then we're gonna find out why Danielle is singing. So we need to change over some oh, batteries. Oh God. What's up? <laughs> we'll be right back. Periscope will be still flannel. right here. Can I have a flannel shirt? Please, somebody flannel. We need to, a clean break. And we are back again for our final segment of Day Zero, E3 2018, my Waypoint. Window. Danielle, what are you singing? Come to my window. Melissa Etheridge. Because it's relevant. Because the gayest thing that's ever happened, happened today. On the okay, let's Rocks. slow, pump the brakes. <laughs> Did you hear about Alexios and about and Elijah Wood? I did. And my heart. Yeah, I heard about Elijah Wood in your talk heart. Talk to me. Talk to me I about understand. the gayest thing that's happened on a Sony stage. All right. So, well, Sony's you know presentation left a few things to be desired. Jesus, well, I think uh, that's a, a, a point of conversation. I, but, However, but the, the actual like pr- construction of the presentation, oh not the presentation God. of like the right. games. Well, the games. I think even the presentation of the games was rough in some places. Shh. Sure. I was promised the gayest thing that ever happened on a Sony stage. I, I'll let's, tell you all about let's it. Let's start with that. Are you ready? All right. Well, in showing off uh, Last of Us 2, we opened on a beautiful barn um, hoedown. <laughs> I mean, it was all right. I would call it a beautiful barn hoedown because it was about to get come to my window, Melissa Etheridge in 1995 levels of gay, which is a beautiful gay thing. And I, I want you all to know it's a beautiful gay thing. All right, so Ellie's hanging out. She's watching, obviously, the woman she has a giant crush on, dance mm-hmm. with the dude. This is a feeling that every queer woman has felt. We've all had that friend who we're not sure. They're just a friend. They treat us like a friend, but they are a little flirty. They, like, you know, 
hold your hand sometimes mm. and they want to cuddle sometimes mm. and like you don't know you don't know what's going on with that but you're curious but mm-hmm. like you're there for it okay whatever she's dancing with some dude her ex comes over he's like oh, blah 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 I don't know we're gonna be together again whatever her ex fucking who cares is that actually was it actually I, I'm her not ex sure that's, I'm not sure that's the right read on the like I'm not sure whose ex that was but it was for sure Ellie's pal right like they, seem they like, were buds were they it's ex- Ellie's pal yeah, yeah. Oh, but he oh, was dating the girl the other girl was she? Oh, yeah. Because okay. he's very concerned because she's dancing with I another guy. I see. She was dancing okay. with another I guy. that angle. And, you know, Ellie's just like, don't worry, we'll be back together in a week. Give it two weeks. Gotcha. And then the guy's like, no, no, And she's like, one week. Like, I know. I have the direct line. She's my bestie. I right, understand right, right, what's going right, right. on. Yeah. Don't worry, buddy. This is some bullshit. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Friend comes over. Her name's Dina. Dina comes over, okay. brings Ellie over, mm-hmm. dances with her, asks how she smells. Yeah, she no, that, asks like, her to Dina give was, her a sniff. Dina was like full Alexios in that 100%. moment. So it was like hands on. She was like, "I'm gonna take your hands and put them hands on my hips." Hands on the hips. Hand, get my close. You dip. We dip. We dip. Yes. Right. Uh, how do I smell? How do I smell? And she says, "Hot garbage, something like that. Like, Rotten garbage." Yeah. And then like so they laugh up. about it, and then she kind of nuzzles up. Extremely which is hot. Very cute. Extremely and good. Hot as hell. Yeah. And then, good flirting, good like aggressive video game flirting, which yeah, is not a thing you see that with often. amazing body language yep. that actually looked like human beings looked and like not humans. like. No offense to robots, but bad robots, right? JJ Abrams is here. What's? I'm sorry. Okay. Bad, you know, Detroit become became robot. robot yeah, yeah, I understand. And then they start to really talk about their relationship and their feelings about each other. But they don't say it like Shakespeare style, like, I love you, you love me. It's more like, oh, That's you know, Barney. That's Barney. It's not Shakespeare. <laughs> I'm sorry. You might have gotten that's really that's Barney. Barney, one of the great tragedies in Shakespeare's <laughs> oof. <laughs> <laughs> the part where yeah I always felt the, the part where like Lear and Barney are sort of just like wandering the countryside <laughs> really? and goes on a little bit a little bit too long yeah but Barney's like fool he's a fool but honestly he's, so, he's like, so wise King Lear we have to clean up yeah. clean up we have to clean up I love you you love me <laughs> the kingdom is in disarray We're a happy family everybody right. clean in this up countryside. in this countryside you know, it was very- Please listen to your youngest daughter. She is wise. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. I gave her a hug that time. Right. Anyway, continue, please. How do they talk? And they talk in, like, it's very intimate. Yes. It's whispery. It's sexy. Yep. It's actually sexy. It's genuinely Normally sexy. Normally video games are, like, can occasionally dip into sexy. This was, like, sexy. Yeah. This is, like, what? It's hard to stick oh, the landing. low. Hi. Or <laughs> Alexios's case to even make it down the runway. <laughs> hey. Hey. Can we just... Skip all that stuff. How do I smell? <laughs> you wanna fuck? How do I smell? I got a big rob rob. <laughs> big rob rob. Big rob rob. Help me. Someone. Help me. Right. You know, we're talking about <laughs> the and then they Who's kiss. up there? Well, they, they, first of all, Dina is like, line, yeah. it's a, there's an important yes. line uh, where Ellie is kind of like, I don't know, all these guys. You, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but it's about all these guys, whatever. And Dina, so like every, she's she, saying... They're all looking at They're all looking at you. They're all looking, they're at, looking at, at her, like, because she's the hot one. Right. But she's more of a plain Jane, and she's, like, yeah. you know, yes. very insecure. Yes, exactly. And then she sort of insinuates, maybe they're looking at you. And then there's the, you know, nothing to be afraid of line. And then it goes into the, Ellie, they should be terrified. And she goes in for the kiss. And it's 
actually an amazing a, kiss. Such like a good an kiss. amazing kiss. The lips felt full. The lips yes. like the lips had give in the yes. way that lips do yes. during kisses. It wasn't like a robot Two mouth models. eating yes. a robot hard other mouth. Do in a video know? game. Yeah. Have, I don't know that I've seen a better video game kiss. Well, it's, it was it's so one of those good. instances where like I think there is a legitimate argument to wonder like like what is the addition of like motion capture and like additional technology actually doing to storytelling or is it just masking the fact that we still have like crummy storytelling and like I think the technology here like the advances that Naughty Dog has made in like specifically capturing the nuances of like human emotion and uh, and human bodies like comes through in this moment in which like normal video game kissing does not seem authentic um, and they have caught that nuance. I'm sure it's like a combination of like motion capture, like handcrafted, like attention to detail on, on the faces and bodies. But like it all comes together in a moment that feels like you look at it and go, ah, like this is the way you feel sometimes when you see like a good kiss on uh, in a movie or a television yes. show. Yes. And video games just don't do that for a whole combination of reasons. But in this specific moment, they actually managed to pull that off, which like is is is, is a really impressive feat. Removed from all other context of like this game, how right. you feel all the violence, like yeah. all of how, that, like, like how the, you feel about how other people feel about queer relationships in art and yes. in games specifically, right. specifically, yeah. right? Like, I, yes, a hundred percent, which is amazing. It was a bold move, I think, to open on this. Basically, I mean, they opened technically on the guitar player who uh, right. did right. the song for it, but like opening in terms of a game, yeah. showing the cinematic, which then cuts to some gameplay footage. Um, I just want to give you, like, I'm just going to show you my Twitter feed from, from this moment. That kiss, holy fuck. Holy fuckaroo, that was the gayest moment in video game history. The best kiss by far. I am sweating right now. That was really sweet and hot and wonderful in every way. Oh, hmm, okay, gameplay. That's fine. Would rather the ladies kiss. And I am 4,000% down to play as hot butch Ellie, a rad queer lady who actually has romance in her life. Yeah. So... I, I kind of had that moment of like, oh, I'd rather just watch them kiss. But then I was like, no, actually, she's awesome. She's, she's in her little flannel shirt, which, again, is like very queer coding. It's very 90s lesbian aesthetic, like mm-hmm. Melissa Etheridge. Like, it's, I know this is like a very specific reference, but yeah, it, it not, speaks very directly really to that broad, The reason we think of it as a specific reference is because we've been told not to talk about it <laughs> right. the way we talk about like grunge music. Right. No one's right. like, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, it smells like Teen Spirit's a very specific reference to a specific like no, sure. it's a it's a cultural reference to a moment. Yes. We're allowed yes. to just talk about it. So it's like a very valid, uh, relevant thing. She, you know, she's she's carrying herself in a way that is like this is a butch woman. This is like yes. a butch yeah. lesbian who is doing or, or queer woman. She might be bi. She might she be might pan, be bi. She might be pan. Yeah. Um, but like a butch queer woman who is badass in that way, in that way that she's like physically strong. She's not necessarily like you know. Zarya, but like she's physically capable. She's carrying a bunch of weapons. She's, she's killed way more world, people than Zarya. Killing way more well, people I mean, than like, Zarya. Yes. Specifically, like the, the trailer cuts from the kiss directly like, the to the embrace to a different embrace. Oh, which very is different. She is. She. I mean, you know, and this gets into like the very Last of Us was violent. Last of Us uh, Part Two is like taking that even a step further, both yeah. from a yeah. uh, uh, technological point of view and also from uh, an indulgent or sort of like gore like, explicit violence point of view, and, like, that, like, clearly they are setting up some, like, this trailer poses that, like, that dynamic is maybe at, like, sort of the core of, like, what the story they're telling. We still don't know really what's happening, like, what is going to be the the threat, like, what is is the motivation, but, like, uh, this is very much, like, this is, this relationship is going to be core to who Ellie is as a character, and then the other half of this is, like, this darkness, like, that is out there, this survival, um, and and the way she does so is you know 
You just see that knife twist in that, and that neck. dude's neck, yep. and then her shoot that other person in the face. It's a it is a, a in a very sharp type of violence. It's a very abrasive type of violence. And that's what The Last of Us was. Totally. I it's one of those things I saw Jeff Bacalar tweeting about it of like, I like games like this, but there's still something that's off putting for him, he was saying. About being in a room where people were cheering on the violence. Oh, yes. for sure. Yeah. The marketing of games like this, the, when uh, when the violence is removed from the context of the game, in right. which like there's a, like a longer flow to it. Like I still think The Last of Us, there were like some of the, like a lot of the finish the finishing moves were indulgent in a way yeah. that, yeah. Uh, especially repeated for the billionth time, like lost whatever power did not seem like yeah. they were serving anything. And so I think there is something lost in the way sometimes The Last of Us did handle that. But in the marketing of this, when you're pulling out trying to convey something about your game, which is like, oh, there's extreme violence. But like when it yes, when it is an environment of marketing, it's fans like people want people want to cheer for moments that they, these moment these events are engineered for that. There is something where what that it may not even say something about people. It's more just people are engineered to cheer for a moment. A thing happens, you cheer for it, and it just seems very odd, especially when it's you know the twisting of a neck, uh, right. a knife well, into a neck. It's a really brutal way to kill someone. Yeah. Especially because like it's not at all clear whether this is something Ellie actually wants to be or be doing. Like you know, because again, like Joel makes a lot of decisions for her at the end of The Last of Us. Um, admittedly, so were the fireflies, uh, but she is sort of molded by a lot of outside forces into becoming a very proficient, like, ace killer. And it sounds like that is accelerated in between the two games, where now she's like kind of the renowned recon scout for this. Right. Like, this, like, there's a degree of, like, there's definitely a degree of, like, celebrity associated with her and her association with Joel, who isn't mentioned by name here, but is gestured at. The old man. The old man, your old man. I am curious about this game. I'm not the biggest fan of the house style there, and I'm... There are stakes that are really large, given the framing of this stuff, and I am hopeful that they stick the landing on it, genuinely, because... A lot of people will see a, a trailer like that and get their hope not get their hopes up. They will be hopeful. They will they will want something here. It's representation on the biggest stage. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it is and it not is not just representation on the biggest stage, but it is represent representation that is more than just like it isn't just player sexual, right? This is a character who has been written to be a queer woman, and it is also so far in that one sequence executed at a high level. And that means that there is a hope that <sighs> stick the landing is so cliche or so like there are so many ways Approach for that to hurt some, to hurt could, someone yes. if it goes if they fall into certain traps certain pitfalls and don't execute on certain storytelling beats in ways that are thoughtful and that are are person first and that are about characters and people and that where cheapness where when I see a Transformers movie and the power was in the, the spark of heroism all the all along. Spark, the all please. spark the all spark all along <laughs> thank you sorry they're not mechs so i don't really care about them that much wow, okay they're just right, robots. that's a separate podcast they're they're just robots, podcast. Yeah. um the like oh the all spark was secretly in bumblebee's left compartment the whole time oh. Wait, is that real no okay. but it's like i mean pro- maybe basically the <laughs> movie, there's, that, there's that bumblebee movie coming out right yeah, so, that's all right so that looks kind of cool um like those sorts of things like oh i can't believe i saw that corny movie Eh. There's something different about having this deep level investment when you're from a demographic, when you're the sort of person who so rarely sees yourself in something. Yes. 
or when you have the rug pulled out from under you. For me, this was like Horatio in Watch Dogs 2, a character who so firmly was the locus of so many conversations about race, so many ideas about race that I did not see represented ever in games, around moving in white spaces as a black man, about code switching, about being in, in the world of, of tech and, and culture and, like, all that stuff, and then also kind of kind of being someone who was, like, politically left but also in the world of capitalism. <laughs> and then had the, they, like, threw all that away, and it fucking sucks. It's, like, it's so much worse than very similar games I've played where it's, like, than Watch Dogs 1, which is just, like, a bunch of bad characters. Um, uh... Watch Dogs One, with which had all of its, its own problems with race and and with sex with sex workers and with a bunch of other shit, but it didn't even give me the little bit. It didn't give you the hope of like, oh wow, it's doing something really good, and then it's, it takes that away from you. That taking it away really stings. It really stings. And so, I hope Naughty Dog takes the landing here. Um, and I also, not to be like Mister Rain on the Parade, but like we can't spend an hour talking about Ubisoft's like. Uh, labor situation without also saying that I'm still disappointed in how Naughty Dog handled the allegations about sexual harassment at their workplace last year and how Sony handled those allegations using the same and uh, the same response from Sony that was then used in the Detroit situation. There were additional responses from Quantic Dream about Detroit that came from leadership uh, David Cage and his partner uh, Fun Fun mm, I can't, for, for, can't remember yeah, his last name about, so I don't yeah. want to mispronounce it they had additional responses, but this sort of boilerplate response to sexual harassment allegations that were, we checked the records and there was no notice of it, so it didn't happen. Ugh. And I can't just not think about that stuff when we're dealing with games that... We did a whole podcast on this stuff. We Go did. Look that Go up. listen like, to you know, like, Short version is like, even if that's true, like... There bad are, response. Be, there are, that's a yes. horrible response. Horrible response. Like, response. You can always do better. You do that on a Saturday. You should always be listening yeah, to the... Yeah. So, yeah. so, all of that for me, and this comes back to like a larger conversation about representation for me, which is like, I want characters that look like us. I desperately want characters that look like us. I also want workplaces to be safe. I also want people in positions of authority who are who rep- who come from marginalized backgrounds, who come from underrepresented backgrounds, statistically underrepresented backgrounds in these spaces. So like I want it on the screen and I want it behind the camera, so Absolutely. to speak. So that is that is I have to be that voice here, it's what we do. Um I hope that game is good. I do too. I of the naughty dog, like of the Sony house style. Last of Us 2 is the game I'm most excited about uh, in terms of its potential to tell something, a story, an interesting story. We were talking about The Division 2 earlier, talking about the different factions and the way that those can say something. Last of Us 1 did that here and there in a way that I really did enjoy. So Yeah, I, I have to say I'm, I'm sort of the same way. I'm not typically super into the past. I've enjoyed the Uncharted's enough, but it's right. not really like, like oh, my Legacy favorite game. Lot, right? I, I like Lost, uh, yeah. Last Legacy quite a bit. Um but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. But I'm here for Ellie. I'm, That's the I, didn't, I, don't, I really don't particularly like the Uncharted games. I right. enjoyed the spectacle of them. I really hate the combat. Um, but I, I loved The Last of Us. Like I, I mean, I had misgivings about it, but like generally speaking, yeah. it was a game that I was really, really into. And so, uh, I hope there's less box pushing puzzles. Well, it was, and it was, all, but it was, it was also one of those games that I finished and went like it told its story. And right. So yes. Like when they chose to come to back, I was like. Yeah. Like, okay, do an anthology. Like, this world's interesting. Go set it somewhere else. Like, right. that's fine. And so I'm I'm curious that they've chosen to return to this. Pivoting to Ellie is the right choice. Yeah. Because I really actually don't give a shit about Joel nope. anymore. Um, I'm excited to play as Ellie. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm curious about the creative choice. I like the gameplay enough that like I do want to play another one of those. But um, I actually didn't think the gameplay section they showed was particularly interesting. No. It was more The Last of Us. Like, it was more yeah. The Last of Us, yeah. and didn't didn't it, and it was kind of dark and grind, like it just one of the things that I really liked about uh, uh, The Last of Us actually was like a very bright, colorful world. Right. Like sort of uh, the contrast was really interesting in that game. Um, and this was just like, oh, it's dark and grungy. Like, I, it didn't show any new mechanics. That, like, yeah. I mean, there were, like, you know, like sliding between, like, bookshelves. Yeah. And, like, that moment you can... That's such a weird moment. It's such a gaming, like, cultural thing of, like, oh, wow, she slid between those bookshelves. Right. Normally, there'd be an invisible wall there. But right. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. She yeah. slid between those bookshelves. Uh, and, like, she, she, uh, she was running and, like, threw a bottle as opposed to, like, yes. really, like, behind cover. Like, so I noticed little things that are different. Yeah. Yeah. But, like... Seems like they could have picked a better. I mean, I realized they needed to show something violent because that, that was the contrast they were That's going the for. Yes. But because then it cuts back at the end of that to come back to her kissing, right, uh, Dina. I mean, but also like, Last of Us One was violent. Mm-hmm. It has somehow been cranked up for this one. Like, and this yeah. was a good enough video that like I think it kind of made me forget for a little bit. That really sadistic, like snuff film trailer mm-hmm. that they last showed oh, about yeah. this game. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, uh, a group of scouts being ambushed by like this group of like religious extremists, and then a one of the scouts is a young woman who I think is like basically like almost dismembered with a hammer, yep. um, and her arm broken. Like, and that scene just goes on for hours, uh, and. What worried me a little bit in this is the gameplay sequence. I could totally connect to the violence we saw in that earlier trailer, right? Mm. It was like when Ellie isn't just like, like she starts out by slitting a guy's throat. It ends with her hacking a guy's, like halfway through a guy's spine. Uh, Like, and in pretty graphic detail. Furthermore, the people you're fighting also seem to be like sort of, all about the just gratuitous execution. Right. And so, like, Last of Us 1 was already kind of, like, a nasty down-in-the-muck-in-the-mire game at times. Mm-hmm. Last of Us 2, I'm worried, is just going to fucking wallow in that. Right. And, like, and doesn't matter how many barn dances and, <laughs> like, cute make-out scenes we get, if it's just going to be used as kind of a juxtaposition of, like, oh, it's kind of like, you know... Beauty and the Beast type situation. Like, fuck that. And I'm not sure I want to keep delving into that world that, like, Ellie's inhabiting as, you know, right. a, recon, a, a recon assassin. Right. It's fatiguing. That first game had those moments of, like, I gotta go to bed. I mm-hmm. can't be in this fucking world anymore. And that game could also in be In a good way, I thought. Uh, an affecting way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. Yeah, I, I don't need to, like, we don't need to, like, re-litigate The Last of Us 1. We all have feelings about it one way or the other. Uh, one thing, I, another thing I want to hit before we move off of this is, you know, I don't know why this happened. I mean, so, Disney XD was broadcasting the the Sony press conference, and just before the kiss, or just after, in the middle of the kiss... It cuts away to the IGN logo because IGN was also broadcasting it on Disney XD. And it's like one of those moments where there's no – there was no on-screen communication about what that was. Mm-hmm. There was lots of gore that came after that. So I can, I guess I could imagine that they were cutting away for gore. But they showed the, the I mean, it, rest it, it, of this season. The well, rest but of if this, you remember specifically yes. the cut from the kiss goes to the knife, the, the knife totally. in the throat. Which people is the most get, gratuitous totally. moment in the whole trailer. There were also I'm people, not excusing it. I'm just no. sort of walking through. Totally. 
there were also people like getting cut up by swords in moments later on that yeah. stream. It's one of those things that's just like I haven't looked into it enough to, to come down one way or the other on what the process was. Right. But it was one of those things that people put in front of us and it's like, oh, okay, I'm gonna have to look into that and, and see because I hope we are not living our best American lives where gore is chill but kisses but but gay kisses. What are you talking least, about? That's just America. That's what I'm saying. But like yeah. I totally find Fully clothed kiss mm-hmm. in a public mm-hmm. setting, like yeah, come on. Yeah, um, the cut's pretty. I don't know. The, the cut's pretty sharp in that trailer when that happens. Yeah. So, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's weird. I'll look into it. Uh, yeah, hopefully, maybe tomorrow we can talk right. a little bit more about it. All right, Sony continued in. I mean, Sony continued by cutting from that to intermission. An intermission <laughs> in what is like the messiest show so far that we've. I think Square is probably worse because it was just like this twenty-eight minute. Well, but at least it ran. It did run. They hit play and it just went. Yeah, we had to change yeah. from the official Sony Twitch to the Twitch Twitch yeah, to even see uh, Yeah, Sony's own Twitch channel died and was apparently it died a couple of times. It did. Um, and the, so the entire setup for this this time was for The Last of Us, everyone stood in a fake barn to like where the dance was happening. Mm-hmm. All these journalists and devs. No fans this year, contrasting with like the Microsoft event, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um and they watched the banjo player, and then they showed the Last of Us trailer, and they're like, all right, now walk this way and do a new theater that we've built. Um, and while that was happening, they put us on a screen that was like a pre-show. It felt so much like, not just Bad like, Bethesda. Bad, but not even just Bad Bethesda. It felt like the IGN or GameSpot or, or Giant Bomb or us pre-show. I'm just like, here's three people standing at a desk being like, well, what do you think about that? We got some other stuff. Um... <gasps> uh, Here's Cade getting shot, I guess. Yeah, somebody had a lot their, of mouth like, sounds. A lot of mouth sounds. A lot of mouth sounds on um, those mics. Yeah. And it just, and like weird interstitial stuff. It was just a strange show that didn't, that's a shame because there was good stuff in terms of the trailers. Yeah, the, most of the teams looked pretty fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. So then we like, saw, I mean, then we, we came back in on a, on a white dude playing a Japanese flute in. Oh, yeah. Some. I, I hear Perform- it was, performance was good. The costume choice, costume choice. That's the thing. It could it could be a white guy playing an instrument, but like, don't wear the traditional dress of another culture. Like that's, I hear that's he's the, a world renowned. I don't know this, I, but I've heard he's thing. a world renowned Japanese. You're certain he's player. not of Japanese descent? I'm not. Yeah, I know. I'm that's he's white passing. Yeah, is what I know at the very least. I don't know. It was a weird thing to to, to look up at the screen. Like, Wait, what's ha- what's happening? Uh, what? Uh, so I will say this though, like. I liked, I really liked the fact that it, like, I liked the musical interludes. I yes. actually thought yeah. the yes. opening performance with the, uh, the, the, the string performance by Gustavo uh, Sandoval, mm-hmm. is that? I think that's right. I yeah. Think so. yeah. Uh, was really gorgeous and a beautiful, like, counterpoint to a lot of what you encounter with E3, yeah. a really cel- celebration of, like, the various arts that video games can bring together. The problem is that that grace note, ended up fitting into a larger piece, a tapestry of like poor production decisions yeah. and the result ended up feeling like a group <laughs> assignment or group presentation in school where people one didn't or, do their parts. Where one or two people had done their part and everything else was like, yeah, so the thing with Hamlet is uh it's Barney shows up. Barney's uh, there. He's a ghost. He's a ghost. His dad died. He's like to be or not to love you. Which is existential. Cut man. Cutman's my favorite <laughs> boss. Yeah, Cutman. Ah, oh, everyone should watch Sports Night. Um, wow. So, Ghost of Tsushima, after playing the Japanese flute, is the new game from Sucker Punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you play a samurai during a Mongol invasion of Tsushima. Um, 
samurai action game. Character action one game. One of the pillars of E3. Samurai. One of the pillars of E3. Yeah, like, dude, saw it actually, like, precious little about what it is other than it's beautiful, yeah. mm-hmm. which is, it is 100% Lighting gorgeous. Lighting yes. uh, Yeah, the, like, the duel especially that happens at the end of the demo yes. when the camera kind of, like, pulls in and, like, the sun is just, like, beating in the background as, like, it's going down. Like, it's kind of a blur to it, like a haze, like a humidity mm-hmm. and, like... You know, the cherry blossom, like, tree in the background. Those are my three favorite games. Blur, haze, and humidity. (laughs) Anyway. Welcome to Los Angeles. Uh Uh, But, yeah, like, we, like, there's not a great sense of, like, what's the structure of this world? Like, how much depth is there to the combat? Is there parrying? Is this just kind of, like, mashing on buttons and dodging? Um, Certainly doesn't look like... Souls combat, which I did not expect, and no. that's not a problem. No, it was no, just no. more like, what is the flow of this yeah. combat? What did is you, the what is the mix between offense and defense? Did y'all play the last Infamous Second Son? Did you play that at all? Mm-hmm. I also did. There was really Second Son, and then there was a DLC that apparently was very good called Last Light, right? Which is you're um, playing as the character with the neon powers in yes. that game. Um, but yeah, I, I sort of burnt out after the second Infamous and just didn't re- wasn't really up for a third one at that yeah. point. My hope is so in that game they definitely just cast um, what's his face. Uh, Nathan Drake's voice actor. What's what's why am I blanking? Oh, Nolan, uh, North. Nolan yes. North as Delson Rowe, who is like a Native American dude. And I'm really hopeful that they are casting Japanese or at least East Asian voice actors for those roles, uh, in this game. Um, because I mean, it's in English. I, I definitely, for whatever reason, my mind was like, oh, it's gonna be in Japanese, there'll be subtitles. I hope I can play it that way at the very least. Like, yeah. thinking about things, although if I can like, play it that way, I hope they've had Japanese writers also do a pass yes, on the script so totally. that like it doesn't. I bet they will. I hope yeah, they will. Yeah. Sony's, Sony's a Japanese company, they have the resources to do that. I hope yeah. they do. But like, because playing something like Assassin's Creed 2 in Italian was really a felt, yeah, it was very yes. cool, felt right. And, and, and felt appropriate. Um, yeah, I'm going to see that, that game tomorrow. I'm really curious about it. I think it looks gorgeous. Yeah, my guess is you'll get a better sense of, of what that structure. game is. Yeah. Uh, that was more just like a, like a short vignette of a mission. We saw right. some, you know, kind of like a Red Dem- Redemption Deadeye sort of mechanic where it's like you can line up, you know, attacks. Yeah, it's for, like you do a you kill do... and then you get a moment to like line up the next like quick right. slash over to another person and again in slow motion. It seemed neat. Um, yeah, just, like hard to say much other than it looks yeah. pretty, and I'm anxious to learn more. One about of three it. samurai games we've seen in the last day. So yeah. there were there was another one at this press conference. Neo Two, which we can just say <laughs> Neo Two is announced yeah. sequel to Neo, the kind of Souls like fast sequel, very uh, fast oh, sequel. Yeah. That was very last year, wasn't it? Very Bandai Namco quick turnaround on that. Koei Tecmo, Koei Tecmo, sorry, Koei Tecmo. very much Koei Tecmo. Be like, yo, people like that game. <laughs> Do it again. Make another one. Yep. Uh huh. It's coming next year. Next year. Yeah. When, when early? Just, they just said 2019. No date. Not February? No. No, thank February God. February 22nd. <laughs> uh, we also saw Control, the new Remedy game, which yes. looks interesting. Cool. For a long time, I thought it was going to be Quantum Break 2 because yeah. the powers they were showing looked it's awfully very similar. similar to, very AOE, locked on an enemy. Yeah. Throw a thing. And even just like, I mean, this is just like a Remedy sort of like house look to their characters. Like yeah. the way the character was like, like just like running right, and right. leaning seemed very... Like gun was uh, cool. Quantum Break. But yeah, um, the, the aesthetics, like some of the... the uh, uh, some of the visual design they showed, for, like the way the world is kind of warping. I think we someone compared it to Inception. Um, <laughs> it seemed like something they were cribbing from. And yes, uh, yeah. I'm going to go see that game tomorrow. I'm so very curious I'm to see it. Really or for to you to tell me what it is. It. Yeah, yeah. I have down here. Destiny 2K died. Oh, so we saw a quick trailer of the brother of the what whatever the, the queen the reefer the reef queen yeah. the reefer queen the what? we're in california the reef reefer robot robot the reefer robot the reefer queen thank That's you right. i was like oh no i'm dead and then my brother wants revenge and so i'm gonna kill Cade, and that happened and the sad song played 
Sure. I'm good with Kate dying. I uh, heard it here Kate. first. I don't like how... Well, you guys just said you wanted Nolan North out of your games, so... No, no. That's not Nolan North. That's... No, it's not? No, it's, uh, it's Nathan Fillion. Ah. It's, oh. it's t- that's TV's basically the Nolan same North. thing. No, I think... TV's... <laughs> I think what was saddest to me about that trailer is how much it didn't resonate with me. Like, there was a point where, oh no, Cade, we must, we, we need to save Cade. And now I'm like, I'm not sure I'm still invested in this universe, and I'm not sure I'm still invested in this character. Yeah. Like, and maybe this is where I get brought back. Like, I, I, I am sure as we get closer, you'll start. They'll get it. there. Yeah. Did you yeah, watch but, any of the Destiny Two reveal stuff a couple of weeks ago? Very little. Okay. It seems neat. Some yeah. cool modes. We talked about it. Uh, I'm going to hit some other small things and we can focus mm-hmm. on the remaining big ones. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. It was a different trailer than the other trailers we've Thank seen. Thank God. Yeah, sure well, that was. has now been on three stages, which is, or two stages and a video file. Tatooine Mora shows up with a USB stick and you just, you put it in. Yeah, who knows? What if, what if we watch the Nintendo Direct tomorrow and it's like, Kingdom Hearts also here? I would be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. I would be shocked. That'd be Sorry, did you guys say Ratatouille's in this game now? Ratatouille's mm-hmm. in this game now. And he got norted. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, right. Yeah, he did. He got he got norted. I wonder if Ego will be in the game. We'll find out. Um, some of the small stuff. Uh, we said Neo 2. There was a FromSoft game at this event. Wait, no, sorry. Not true. No, yeah. The event ends. Uh, right. They talk for like Post-show. six minutes. They do the whole Spider-Man bit again. They do a second Spider-Man bit, which we'll get to again. And they're like, oh yeah, FromSoft is doing a VR game called... Like, Deracine? Deracine? Sure. Something like that? It's a VR game. <laughs> Either way, FromSoft is making a VR game. It's like, oh, this just... By the way, after 100,000 people left the chat and stopped watching because they thought the show was over. Uh, tr- Not a horror thing. No. Like it's, uh, they described no. it as uh, more artistic was, I think, the word That's cool. that they used. I'm excited uh, for that. But yeah, I'll, I'll check that out. Uh, Trover saved the world. A new Justin Roiland. Oh, that was yeah. the worst that joint. That was the man. Justin Roiland, there's no check that Justin Roiland will not cash, apparently, <laughs> to just do the Rick and Morty voices, like, with the fucking serial numbers filed off. Literally, the Morty character just shows up, mm-hmm. like, exactly like that. With smileys Fuck. for eyes. It was so fucking bad. Dude. It's... Remember when Rick and Morty was, like, a funny new show that was fresh? And... I missed it. I'm not I'm not judging people who liked it or I've who... heard the show is still pretty good. Right, yeah. But this, yes. I, I, like the, I like the show. It's like everything around, around it, it is yeah. Yeah. a lot. And things like this feel like it's leaning into yes. it in that way. I don't know. I don't well, know. mostly that dude I don't think has like a huge range. Like if you played his other VR stuff, right. you hear Morty constantly, constantly. Yeah. in like everything he does. All I could hear in that fucking teaser was the Kanye birthday. Oh my song. god! I'm so mad about it. We oh, can't talk oh, about it. Natalie is so upset. She's gonna throw that. Listen, mixer. I'm, I respect the rights of everyone at this table to veto any conversation. Natalie's vetoed this conversation. We can't talk about the Kanye it's birthday out. song. It's back. All right. I think that that's everything small. Because now what we can talk about is you were really excited about a gay kiss. Yeah. You were really excited about <laughs> some gay zombies. I don't think they were gay, were they? They could be. We don't know. We don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a he remake. was you know, trying they're... to give somebody a kiss. Right. He missed was... a little bit. You know, the neck and the face right. are very close together. Just a little more. This is a little more neck than I'm comfortable with, honestly. <laughs> well, it was funny because uh, it's you know it's been three years since they announced they were doing this remake, and so it's right. and they've been teasing on Twitter. Come on, Resident part. Evil Two for Resident Evil Two. Know. Yes, yes, Resident Evil Two uh, remake, remake, not just remaster. Yeah, like from the ground up, like rethinking of what that is, and 
Uh, they've been the development team has been teasing that this game has been kicking around for for the past six months. People waiting for um, the the reveal. The twentieth anniversary was earlier this year. Um, they punted on that for the reveal for whatever reason. Um, then when we started getting these third party trailers, I remarked like very briefly, I was like, "Oh, like Hope Springs Eternal. I'm going to see Resident Evil 2. And then literally like five seconds later, like I see a rat and like a a, a flashlight coming down the hallway. I was like, "Oh shit! Like this is Resident Evil." Um, and yeah, so I would actually recommend if you uh, watch the trailer of the press conference, that's not the trailer you should watch. Like, go on uh, Sony's uh, PlayStation channel on YouTube. I'm sure it's on Capcom's, but there's something called like the announcement trailer that's about two minutes long, and it actually has like gameplay from um, from Resident Evil Two. And yes, Rob, why is Resident Evil such a special game to you? Because I remember when that game came out, the mm-hmm. narrative among some of my friends who were members of the Resident Evil fandom and such viewed it as kind of like, oh, they dumbed it way down because this it's all like guns and shooting, like tons of zombies. And the first game was all about horror. That was the kind of, like this. No, this is a conversation I'm remembering like twenty years it's, ago. It, so the, the Resident Evil to Resident Evil Two is similar to Alien to Aliens, mm-hmm. right? So like they. And that's the arc that the Resident Evil series took, like, from then on, like, to oh, two yeah. to three to mm-hmm. four to five to six before they sort of, like, brought things back um, and were grounded with seven, was that the... And this is true of most horror. It's like, once you've seen the zombies once, like, they're not as scary the second time. And so what you end up doing is, like, increasing the bombast. And so mm-hmm. if you were interested in the, like, Resident Evil 2 is not nearly as difficult of a game as Resident Evil 1. Like, Resident Evil 1, they were, like, real genuine moments game. of, like... Uh, so if you played like the remaster they put out on GameCube, like it was a it, it was a survival game. Like you did you you were like dealing with ribbons to save, you were dealing with herbs to like heal yourself. Like bullets were scarce, um, and that's just not something that was really a thing. In right. Re two was more about like there's a fucking shark and an alligator <laughs> and weird monsters and weird monsters. Like they they they, cool. they, they they started amping up the aesthetic and the blockbuster nature of Resident Evil in a way that really really worked in two because it was the first time they'd done it and it was like a familiar universe right. and like two the, characters, two characters, two I mean, separate, two characters two separate campaigns, the two um, separate campaigns, two discs, split. two discs, which oh, was like oh my god, right. there's two different discs, the zapping system. Is yes. that what that was called? Where the, the zapping system was basically like the campaigns could influence one another. Yeah. So if you did something in in uh, Leon's campaign, um, then when you switch to the other campaign, um, it could check the memory card right. and like Claire's the other one. Claire, Claire yes. Field, right? Yes. Yeah. I should have played more of those games. Cool. All I remember is the campaigns were like mirror images of each other. There's a little bit of slight point. differences. I didn't realize they well, that was the first one. So when right. one, like there are separations between uh, Chris and Jill, but like they're largely the same. I mean, those two are exactly the same. But yeah. or they're not exactly. Well, like you know, you run into Barry, run into Barry differently. Barry, right. There's some story things that are slightly Rebecca. different, but it's but it's basically yeah. the same. It's wild to me. It's like I have not revisited those games at all. But they, it was in that window of my youth that they've just drilled into my brain in a way. That I didn't even love them. I liked them a lot. Yeah. But like the character, I remember. I was like, I have a fondness for characters who I have not interacted with in fifteen years. The Resident Evil Two, like that opening scene in like the gun shop, yeah. like it's just like yep. it burned into my memory. Like uh, the fire that you walked through five minutes. Yeah, later. yeah. Oh totally. gosh, yeah. it's just totally. Uh, totally. yeah. And like I've you know been a I was exposed to horror films at a, at a young age. Like it's just like Resident Evil like fit within that wheelhouse. Like right. like, Resident Evil is like essentially what taught me to, at a young age. Like I liked being scared in that way. It was like around the same time I was getting into roller coasters and like mm. having like that sort of like safe way to experience like adrenaline right. Right. Um, was was something that really appealed to me about those games and so uh i am super curious to see more of this i think re2 is 
like ripe for like a complete reinvention. But like like that scene that we so if you watch this other trailer, um, you watch this moment where Leon is approaching the police station. With God, an, it icon- looks so an iconic good. image from the original game. But then in your in your when and it's what remakes do right if they if they pull it off right is that looking at that moment was how it felt to look at that police station when yeah. I played that game on PlayStation 1. Right. If you go back and look at that now, it's just, you know, like some crummy pre-rendered stuff right. and like a limited pl- uh, right. polygonal stuff. But in my mind, at that time, like that's what it felt like to look at that. Right. And that was a you- moment when you, you'd already watched the video. Then you brought it up on the TV yeah. for us to watch. And like, I don't know if you were looking for my response, but that, that came on the screen and I felt like a chill go from yeah. the top of my head down my fucking spine. I went, yeah! Like it just, it shook me in this very real way. And that's impressive at this point. I've, we've seen so I play so many horror. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. so many games. There's so many. Games. I've seen so many horrible things in games. Right. That this shot of a building could scare me in that exact way. It's raccoon police station. It's raccoon. I so it's, many. I have so many memories. I have yeah. so much nostalgia. Yeah. I have so much emotions wrapped yeah. up in that building and what it represents of a certain part of my childhood. And what I like about what they're probably going to do with this, which is probably like an expanded version of what they did with the Resident Evil One. Like which that was like a pseudo remake yeah, remaster. Yeah. Is that my it, my guess is it's going to be expanded. My guess is it's going to be remixed. My guess right. is it like even for someone like myself, it's going to be like hopefully, ideally, it is surprising and shocking. Um, maybe the order of events or how things are presented in a way that like it will still be interesting beyond just like revisiting something that I enjoyed um, from a long time ago. So yeah, I'm I literally just got an email like right after the the press conference closed. There was like hey like because Capcom said like hey we want to book like an hour with you at E3 and I was like. Like, I mean, I do want to see Mega Man 11, but, like, I don't know if I'm going to clock out an hour for that. There's so many things I want to see. And I was like, is there anything else going to be there? And they're like, well, you know, maybe. Uh, and I was like, all right, well, you know, because sometimes what you have to do at E3 yeah. is you book events, you book appointments, those dice. and you cross your fingers. Yeah. Like, you, you, you hope that you're going to, like... Like we had this happened with uh, the From Software game, which we'll talk. Would you be able to hear us talk about the From Software game Sekiro tomorrow morning? Yes, uh, or it's already in the feed. By the time you hear, no, you'll hear this. Yes, you hear this in the feed after this. Yes, whatever that. Whenever you're hearing this, the thing after this in the feed will be us talking about the Nintendo Direct and then Sekiro. That's yes. the way we're yes. hoping to release that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was a thing where that was an Activision appointment, untitled game. They yep. wouldn't tell us anything about it. Thought it was Crash all, Bandicoot. All I, yeah, all, mm. all I, I like pressed the PR person saying, hey, like, you know, if this is like Crash Bandicoot, like, I like those games, but like, I just don't have time on a Sunday for yeah. that. And they're like... In the middle of the Microsoft press conference. Yeah, and they're like, you, you, you are, you're gonna, you're gonna really want to see this. So we rolled the I dice and yeah, so... So listen to that. Tomorrow, you today... Had an appointment to see an EA original. I which, sure did. Yes, well, we were right like, sure into this game. We're like, we heard Yarny Two might happen. We heard Unravel Two might happen. Yeah. Um, it's probably Unravel Two, and then Unravel Two was announced and released at EA Play right. at their. We're like, oh shit! I guess it's Save Our or not Save Our Ship. Save Solitude. Save Solitude. Yeah. Uh, save our they ship. do keep saying save our SOS. Ship. SOS. Yeah, That's exactly. What I did. I, when I went to the EA thing, which was in Hollywood, actually, never been to Hollywood before. That was interesting. Um. I, I roll up to the thing, and I'm like, here's DC of Solitude, and they were like, we're not showing that. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. Oh, no, we, oh, God, we sent you. <laughs> I'm so oh. sorry. I didn't know that I part. I changed it on the schedule, and I was like, I'm going to, I had written EA original. Unannounced, unannounced EA and, Indies. And then in yeah. parentheses, like, probably Yarny too. And last night before bed, I was like, I'm confident. It's Delete Sea of Solitude. Yeah, yep. It's Yarny too. 
Hey, your E2 was actually delightful. Did you have a good time with it? I yeah. had a really nice time with it. There's not a ton to say other than yeah. like it played well. It was super cute. It's I, out now. Is it's part of now. the weird things like you can go on YouTube right now and really watch people play, play that game. Like, right? This is and it's, it's co-op. It's probably a full playthrough on YouTube already. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but it was it's co-op and like I actually think awesome. I'll play this with my girlfriend and we'll probably have a really nice time. And the animation is insanely cute. So I I really did enjoy it. I wasn't Good. like mad. It was just one of those I. <laughs> Thought I was signing up for one thing, but yeah, right. that's E3 for that's you. That's E3 for you. It there happens. You it happens. All right. Um, two more big ones. Let's talk Death Stranding. It, yeah. Are we the, not going to end on Death Stranding? Well, that's not the order. That's not the order. Spider-Man. You're Spider-Man, right, Spider-Man you're ends, right. which is surprising in some ways. Yeah. Right. Um, Death well, Stranding. I think the, the, the order is in when you should expect to play those games. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, fair. Death Stranding. That's a good uh, yeah. We saw some gameplay. Sort of. We saw a man real time, time real time footage, and not like that in looked, engine. Like it was a character climbing mountains, carrying a body. Yes, um, carrying boxes, he's hiding a, a child. Uh, right, he's a delivery man. Talking to characters. Two two new NPCs were introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember who plays them? I forget the names of the actresses. Two like new women uh, were added to the cast or were revealed to be in the Leah? cast. And I think I know what I get. This world now, in a way, I think we're starting to see. The core building blocks of what's happening here. We don't know why yet. Right. But we can talk about like, all right, there are monsters that hover in the air that have weird umbilical cords. But they also walk on the ground. They also can walk on the ground or maybe those are different monsters. And they have on, hands. <laughs> on their hands. On their hands, which means something. They're upside down. I don't know. Um, some people can see them. The one woman who who Norman Reedus' character was talking to was like, "Oh, can you see them?" And he's like, oh, "No, I'm not as advanced. I don't I don't have the extension module you do or whatever. I'm not extended. But my my power level's too low. I haven't beaten Frieza yet." Do you know what it reminded me a lot of? <laughs> do you remember? Uh, so, did you read the Dark Materials trilogy? No. Oh, great, great books. Yeah. yeah. The monsters in this, the entire vibe of this, in fact, reminded me of uh, the Subtle Knife, the second book, where they're in that sure. world only populated by kids. Because mm. kids don't see the monsters, but like when you mm. grow up, mm-hmm. uh, you do realize that everyone in this world is surrounded all the time by like ravenous, like dementor-like beings. Huh. And the moment accurate. you see them, they can interact with you and they can get you. Wow! And so it's this world of only children, and they all live in terror of growing up. Right, right. But in terms of the whole like the uncanniness of this trailer, where like. In some ways, like oh, there's like it, there's industry on this planet. Like people are hanging out and having conversations. They have umbrellas they that look dope supply. as shit. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, it's like oh, that's right. We are surrounded at all times by this really unfathomable terror. Right, that ages you if it touches your skin. Right, um, which explains why that baby is in a is in a bottle. Is that like an extra life? Maybe. Oh shit! An extra life. Uh, also, there's a moment in that trailer where instead of carrying a box on his back, Norman is just carrying a person. Someone touched that baby and turned it into a big adult person. Oh, no. Or is he carrying a person as it's part of his son? It's his large son. It's his large son. <laughs> He's delivering his large son, which seems difficult. Uh, you know, but is is he carrying a person who's like, all right, you're just gonna wrap me up like a fucking mummy, knock me out, carry me across this mountain, keep me all wrapped up so they cannot touch me. And then drop me off and you can free me or whatever. Right. Um, is Norman Reedus a baby? Think about it. He has a baby in his stomach. Yeah, but maybe he got touched by a monster. Mm. And, and he's now a he's baby. older. Is this like a bad metaphor? 
I'm starting to like say words out loud and wondering if there's like abuse metaphors happening here. Oh, maybe. I was like, it's just like there's lots of it's be, the thematic building blocks are becoming clearer, and so the verbs that we use to talk about well, this. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Let me get ahead of this a little bit. It's a Kojima game. Yeah. The odds of there being somewhat questionable and distasteful psychosexual metaphor deployed <laughs> perhaps somewhat irresponsibly She was breathing in through her skin, Rob. She, she could, yeah, she, she was, couldn't talk because she's a the woman. virus. Right. Yes. Uh, the she's virus of being a woman. Yes. <laughs> that is what it's called. Words and deeds, Rob. Words and deeds. So, like, yes, I suspect as you say the words aloud and unpack... <laughs> wait a, wait a second. In, right, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. And yet... I like a lot so of the cool. damn. That looks like a cool world. Like, cool world. and also so happy he's not making another Metal Gear game. Yes, but and also the way the trailer was conveyed. He ended up putting out a tweet that said, like, kind of describing like thematically what he was going for in the trailer, which is like he wanted a silent trailer and not a silent like no one talks, but one in which there are no explosions, there are right. no guns. That right. the you know there's a there's, moment there, where there's a gun and then he doesn't fire it, and, there, and there will, that stuff will inevitably be in the game. Yeah. There there will be some huge you know combat component like there, that that will be there, but like. I love that there were just like these big, beautiful, ugly, like weird worlds, and it was just a guy walking around them. You got like some hints that like th- this game is probably gonna have a lot of traversal. You mm-hmm. saw like these climbing mechanics were like in a Breath of Wild sort of way, like it's going up a big mountain. It's like if a lot of this game, like I was starting to imagine, like if like the first couple hours of this game is like before you quite understand the nature of the world and like how everything fits together, it's just like a guy exploring big spaces, yeah. like. You were like Bring Death of the Wild, is what you said. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's climbing. Um, yeah, it reminded me a little bit. Of like we talked about the Souls Project a couple weeks ago, and I was like, this kind of feels like that if it was made with like a billion dollars, where, where right, it's right. like but also alien. Something else actually, it didn't feel like it was made with a billion dollars. I felt like it had a good engine and like good artists on it, but the world is just like barren. And trying to make that work for it in some yeah. ways, I'm just like, how do you make? A scary atmospheric place with no budget. Well, the enemies are invisible most of the time, <laughs> and and you make it feel lonely and depressive and cold and rainy and not and not filled with characters. You know, and like I don't know, maybe there will be stuff. It probably so, ramps up to that stuff, yes. but like the idea that there could be a significant portion of this game, or there will be thematically huge elements of this game that are silent, yeah, and quiet, yeah. and and not. And in most games that deliver tension and horror, that often happens in darkness. Yeah. And, like, the idea that can happen in abject daylight, in right in front of you, right. like, that is a different kind of terror that is potentially really interesting. I, I like it that also this game seems like it will be kind of a study of loneliness. Like, it's a castaway story in some ways. Or, like, what if the Martian, but, like, you're being hunted. Um, but, like, I love the interaction between uh, the Norman Reedus character and... Uh, the woman on the planet who can see these things right. and is better equipped to defend herself against them. But like, it felt very much like this is a very isolating place that they're both in and the nature of the work, whatever it is, is also profoundly like isolating and alienating. Yeah. Like, it reminded me of this great scene in the Bourne legacy, which is the Tony Gilroy directed mm-hmm. one where um, Oscar Isaac and Jeremy Renner's character mm-hmm. encounter each other in this cabin. Um, and they're two like, um, professional like treadstone agents right, basically right, right, and they right. they never talk to anybody and there's this like great scene of like these two people in this indescribable indescribably weird job having a human interaction for like maybe the only times in their lives right. and I got that same vibe in this trailer right like, these are the people who move in the world yeah. and who know 
what it is to do that yeah. and have find some connection there. Yeah, interesting. Or for some reason, maybe sometimes. they've been ostracized or like sent out, or right. like removed right. from whatever society exists or remains. And I don't know. It's it's a profoundly interesting world. I, who knows how it'll fall apart? Like Kojima inevitably does certain things that like you just kind of tear your hair, like hair out over because like there are so many things that he does that are so interesting, compelling, and in, in a in a in a Cajun sort of way where it's like I just need to to need to know. Um, and it's like I'm worried to see like what is that you're like waiting you're you're often waiting for a shoe to drop. Uh-huh. It's like where's and it didn't come in that trailer, so no. I get to wait another trailer. Yeah. You know, yep. you'll know not, you'll know what the other shoe is when Mads makes his appearance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. then you'll be like, well, uh-oh. he was in. So I'd forgotten this, but he was in one of the first trailers with like right. the it, black goo on his yep. face. That, that but, seemed to be setting up like whatever like the more villainous component of right. that world uh, is. Totally, um, we'll see. What if he's the baby all along? He could be, right? That's the thing. Is like if they age when you get touched, then then any yeah. character could be any other character. Yeah. Any character could be that baby. I guess right. Guillermo del Toro can't be the baby because he was carrying the baby briefly and then disappears yeah. from his thing baby. and appears in Norman Reedus's thing. Do you, yeah. That's the whole thing. Right. It's the last baby alive. It's children of men. Is it's what you're children saying. Of it's a little men. children of men situation. I love Mads too. I'm excited. He's going. Mads to be is in great. This game. Just a, what did I just see him in? Oh, I just rewatched Rogue One. He's good. Yeah, in that. Good in that. Go watch Hannibal. Hannibal's fantastic. Oh, Hannibal's one of the best. He's shows. really good in something else. I just saw him in like old. We're like, oh shit, this is Mads Mikkelsen. I forget what it is. Was he in American Gods as well? I didn't see it. I didn't watch that first season. Was it good? Now, no, it's really didn't. good. It's, and now I feel like I shouldn't watch it at all because. Brian oh, yeah. Fuller left, and so oh, did he? Jillian Anderson left too. So yeah. what the fuck's the point? That first season is. She's crazy. really good in Hannibal too. Yes. Yeah, she yes. Is. She's so good. Wait, in she's it. an animal. Yeah. You should watch Hannibal. You not seen Hannibal? I'm not him. I'm not. Oh my god! Because well, I never really got into the movie. You're good. Doesn't don't, don't dude, worry about yeah, it. I, my so gut, my gut reaction was like, why the fuck do I want to watch? I, I was not interested in a serialized. I like, figured Hannibal it was going to be Frasier, but with like you were talking about the gayest thing that's ever happened in the world. It's Hannibal. You should just. Watch the first couple episodes. They are it's horror art that was on NBC. And w- when you when you watch that show and realize this aired on NBC a network and not Google that it. late, like late, not like nine that late. Like they yeah, got away like with some shit. Like, you should watch Animal. I think it's on Amazon. Uh, okay. All right. I, I was... moved to New York and like we marathoned that before we even had a TV, and it was like it's very good. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what that is. No date. <laughs> No. Oh, yeah. Like, 2020? My guess would be spring 2020. Yeah, I think that that's like, My guess is next year we see really what that game yeah. is. And then, yeah, it's like spring 2020. 2020. Like, it's probably yeah. a game that, like... February 22nd, closes, 2020. My guess yeah. is the game that closes the generation for Sony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last, Spider-Man. The game by Irrational? Irrational? No, 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 Why am I saying irrational? Insomniac. Because I'm, I'm an insomniac yeah. who's tired. Uh, insomniac. Wow. Irrational Spider-Man would be a different game. Yes. I, I mean, would play the fuck out of that. that be, what happened to that game? Well, Freedom Force. Yeah. Yeah. It's out there somewhere. Yeah, Freedom Force was all right. It was all right. Um, insomniac. This seemed, this seemed corny in a way that superhero things have not seemed quite as corny lately. It Is that a good very, thing for like, you or a bad thing for no, you? No, it's not And great. you like corny. I love corny what things, was, but I don't really like corny Spider-Man. I'm sorry. I mean, isn't Spider-Man inherently a corny character? Like, that's, like, sort of, like, in his DNA. I, guess. I mean, he's a heartwarming Maybe. corny, but, like, that's sort of, like, I, with great yeah. power, great responsibility. I know like, feelings about Spider-Man. No, no, I, I do, but I have feelings about everything. Um, 
I, I, there was something about the delivery of some of these, the Spider-Man's lines, the Spider-Man, you can tell I'm, I apparently ah, am more, the journalist the in me, the deep journalist in me always will call him the Spider-Man. Mm. Get me pictures of the when, Spider-Man. When Bruce Wayne was a little boy. <laughs> right. Aww. Yeah. Uh, I didn't love his delivery of some of his lines in this. It just didn't land for me. So he I, didn't seem confident enough. I don't know. I think that's part of it. I think the other thing is it actually seemed very faithful to the comics, which Spider-Man is the funny superhero. As yeah. he's doing all the action shit, he's, he's throwing quipping. out one-liners, he's kidding around. Whipping and quipping. Which works really well in a comic format when it's kind of like static images yeah. and then he's sort of commenting on the action that you're seeing. It <clears> works <throat> less well when the action is actually unfolding in real time and like he's in this like knockdown drag out fight and then he's offering kind of these like not very punchy one-liners. And right, that's, that's it's it. less not, cool. So maybe it's about the writing too. Because I think there is a way to be punchy and funny. In a fight, in a game, this stuff just will. I, I, I'm also just, we have no context for like this character, and like, like is he, is like will it will it come across that like some of the lines that don't quite work work a little bit better once you realize like he's like not supposed in to be very good whatever, at these lines or whatever. Right, right. And I, here's what I'll say: the uh, both times they have shown this game at their press conference, I've like the big spectacle stuff was like not what I was interested yeah, in that, seeing. That the level what I wanted they to showed see, us was right, not was, what I wanted to see was like swinging around the world. What are you actually doing? And then again, right at the press conference ended, they like they brought out Insomniac and did like an actual like guided demo of the game where they were like showing the combat, they were showing like swing around the world, they were showing like the side quest stuff we're gonna be engaging in. And like that like ten minutes we watched, I was like, Oh, like cool. Like this looks pretty alright. Like I don't know how it's yeah. gonna play, like I'm gonna play. But it's like that that's the week. bulk of what I'll be what I'll right. be doing with that game. And that looked cool. It looked yes. fast, it looked fun, it looked fluid, the animation on the swings was really fun. Yeah. Manhattan Good looked butt great. animation. Good butt animation was always scurrying uh-huh but like compare that to the kind of like weird superhero or super like chasing electro across this super villain prison in the trailer that they showed during the actual show and it was just like ah, i'm not really mm-hmm. this isn't what i want to see because i know these will be i know the this is in the game the rule. Right, right yeah exactly i think there's also an element of there's a danger in the arkham asylum format of like all the villains are in this one story. I think most of your great superhero stories tend to be actually kind of specific yeah. about like the thing, the the way the, the villain reflects something That's about a the hero. hero. He's not a villain. So what? The thing is a hero. He's not a villain. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Um, the thing is, is it catching Antarctica. over there? Is what's up? Is it catching? Yeah, over there? we're very yeah. close now. Yeah, we're joined at the elbow. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But but anyway, so like this kind of has the whole like rogues gallery. It's the funny of, like, bone. So That's what it's, it is. it's the funny bone. That's why it's spreading that way. Waka waka. Anyway, the point is, all the villains are there, and that can sometimes water down the impact of any one of those individual mm-hmm. villains and the thing they are supposed to or bring like, out. And it's like literally ends with Spider-Man surrounded by six, seven villains or five, six villains. It's like okay, well, whose story is this? What what is villains in comic books can do a lot of things. I'm not. I don't want to boil it down. Here's the one thing that they do. But one of the things that they do, one of the things that they definitely do in Spider Man, in which Spider Man is a man, a boy by a radioactive spider, and most of his enemies are also some other sort. Many of his other enemies are like. This is another animal person. You're also an animal person. Maybe you're an element person. You know, it's like you're electric. You're electric guy. You're the lizard, uh, etc. Is some reflection of some aspect of the hero twisted in some way, right? Like yeah. the lizard, Doctor Connors has Peter's scientific mind, but not his deep human connection with with uh, community, 
right? Mm -hmm. Dr. Connors lives in the laboratory, only cares about science and is selfish about what that science can do for him for decent reasons, right? Um, you know, the, the, uh, you look at something like in, in Batman, some of his best villains are again about like, revenge or about wealth or about things that are about Bruce. And that like those sorts of that role that villains can play, like you said, is really emphasized when it is the story about one or two of them right. and not not the rogues gallery. Right. And so I'm a little concerned that the overarching plot of this might be a little too much like uh, 1965 Batman movie where it's like they're all working together and you got to fight them all, which mm. could be cool or it might not be. Like our, the Arkham Asylum model works really well in one game because it's kind of this controlled place where you kind of go into the various fort frolics that each of these characters has constructed yes. around themselves. Yes. Um, that doesn't seem that seems like it might not be the case here, but more accurate. The other thing is you don't get a sense of what your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is going to be doing while he's swinging through those streets. Like, he's brawling with some guys, and he's, like, flying around the he, city. He, like, said hey like, to somebody once, which was nice. Yeah, but My I'm, favorite moment in that game. That was yeah, very cute. Or in that yeah. trailer. But I'm very curious, like, while you're... Is, this, is the cityscape just going to be a place of traversal, the way the later Arkham City games mm -hmm. sort of made it? Or is it going to be a place where Peter is part of the fabric of life in that city and woven into its like rhythms and routines. Yeah. Well, there's no there was no Miles Morales in this trailer yeah. even though like they have made clear that he's going to be an important character and part mm. of Peter's life. So like Sorry, is this Peter Parker or is it My Miles? This is Peter. Okay. It's Peter Miles is in it and like recognize like he's 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 not just on the sidelines, he's supposed to be an important character in the story. Okay. You're going to play as like Mary Jane, like she's oh, cool. a playable character in the game for like different segments. So it seems like there's like a lot of this game we have. Oh, the Spider-Verse. Yes. Hey, you know it was a good trailer. You want to talk about good trailers? Yeah. Enter the Spider-Verse trailer. Super good. Super, super, yeah. super good for that movie that's coming out this December. December. Yeah. That, that looks exciting. I think that's it for Sony. I mean, a big picture on the Sony stuff is we've been talking a lot about the salesmanship idea, a lot of like how do you connect to an audience. This was such a messy show. It <laughs> felt like it was under-budgeted. It felt like it was like too grand for of an ambition for like – having these little sets that people jump between. Yeah, especially because the sets were not sold for the audience that was watching. No, not at all. And it was a very small crowd that was there. This And it wasn't even... Uh, if they were building this for fans, like a fan fest, where like, hey, you're going to be able to come right. hang out in these places. Like, not. like These were, these things were being torn down. They were enjoyed right. by a couple hundred people that were mostly media and yeah. developer friends. Who were tweeting about, like, how hot and gross and it how, was in Yeah, there. how much it sucked to be there. Yeah. And so it's like, I just don't... Like, who, what did that serve? Yeah. Like... Actually, we just been they. They should have just gone into that theater. Yeah, that they got the to at the end. Yeah, had and just rolled trailers and had developers introduce it and just moved on. That would be great. Or you try to buy out the Hollywood Bowl for it for a session. Like you just right. fucking swing you know, with one the way or the other way. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But this entire like it'll be like a beautiful garden wedding, which always work. Yeah. Well, and it feels like the third oh. wedding in a sense, right? Like two years ago, we had an orchestra. We rented out this huge yeah. space. God of War. Like, that oh. stuff was cool. And then last year, it's a still stage show and there's like, maybe not an orchestra, but there will be live music. And this time it's like, Jim has a flute. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, bring Jim on. He's got a flute. He's it's beautiful. Fran dude. in the office knows Jim no, from college. Right. He's got a banjo and a flute, and he said he'd play him. There's good rates, family rates. He said. He said. Family rate for we Jim. We could do it. In, yeah. Listen, we we didn't get we didn't get the uh, the venue we wanted, but my mom has been gardening for 32 so, years, <laughs> and. Look, I, I called the tent company, and um, <laughs> the big tent. 
They don't have it. They don't they, have it. They have three smaller tents, <laughs> and I think we can make this work for us, right? Because we're showing different games, more than three, but still, imagine if all the tents still have like some like atmosphere about them, right? We can put a sushi restaurant in one and a barn in the other. Yeah, one. a barn. It'll be a theme wedding. Which theme? Four of them. <laughs> Why just, choose? Right. <laughs> Are our microphones going to work? No. <laughs> No, we're going to hear someone in production for minutes at a time breaking through. Okay, okay, okay. But the tents will definitely keep the sun out of No. The sun will just keep be at every shot, shot yeah. constantly. How are, we going, how are we going to ventilate these tents? They're we're tents. not. They're tents. They're, just, <laughs> they're outside. They're outside. It's fine. Don't worry about it. The heavens will ventilate. <laughs> it was messy in a way that doesn't... So they, they so usually together, run, they, they, so they run a tight ship. Yeah, they usually run like a very slick affair, and this felt very much. If they didn't have the time and resources and budget to do what they've done in the past, they should Sony not. They should have done something. Oh, right. And it was remarried. Right, that's exactly it. It's, it's the third and, one. Or were yeah. they renewing their vows because things are shaky? It's like sort of it that really, last. That's actually right. that's, that's like, a great yeah. metaphor. Yeah, because they were like, we're not here to show new games. We're here to talk about what we already know. We're here to like just really dial Take in. Take a journey with us. Sit and walk with right. us. Right. Have any of you been to a re a remarriage? That's uh, not what it's called. A vow renewal. A vow renewal. Yeah, been to a few. How are how are those? Um, the best one I've been to was a couple that, like, as far as I know, the relationship wasn't as rock solid. It was really more of an excuse of we the, like it was a major anniversary. Cool to throw a party. Our, yeah, we, we want all our friends around we us. Some cash we want we want to guilt and we didn't know and out. we didn't know a lot of you back when we did get married. Oh, that's so a cool, we want right. to sort of that's like nice. celebrate our relationship with our sort of new family. In that a weird was way, awesome. That feels like the Microsoft press conference. Yeah. And listen, we didn't know a lot of you back when we were we were messy when <laughs> oh, we yeah, launched we this. We were endeavor. fucking up for a while. For a while. But we got our shit together. Yeah. We love all y'all. Come on by. We got scarves. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yep. We're not going to fight this time. We're not going to no fights. Like I promise. Yeah. No fights. Like I know we got I know we got into it last we'll time. We'll invite 50 of our favorite games. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I've also been to a few Varanols within my family that's like Sort of white knuckly, like I hope this works. Like I really hope you guys like at least hold out a few more years for those kids to get out of middle school. Yikes. Like they're a little young. Uh, I just hope, like I keep... hope you ship Death Stranding. <laughs> yeah, it was... oh. and this was more one of those. That. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. It's a weird event. I think that's going to do it for us. It feels like we got out here a little. We didn't get out earlier, maybe, but it feels like I saw a little more life in me today. So we will be back tomorrow again, tomorrow morning, with some thoughts on Sekiro and uh, the Nintendo Direct. Nintendo. And then tomorrow evening with thoughts on games like Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, what's everyone going to see tomorrow? Let's, yeah, let's, let's all look at our schedules. Look at these schedules. Bring I'm it up. seeing Ooblets. Are you seeing, seeing Ooblets Ori? tomorrow? Yeah. Yo, those are I'm good games. Ori, at some cat. point, I need to talk to you all about Battlefield. We'll talk tomorrow yeah, about we'll Battlefield? Tomorrow. I'm yeah. seeing Team Meat. I'm seeing Meat Meat. Super Meat Boy Super Forever. Meat Boy forever. Uh, so yeah, yeah we'll talk so, those things. We'll talk Battlefield. We'll talk. I'm gonna see Remedy. We'll talk or, about or, so that's or, uh, control. Uh, control. control. Go see Killer Queen. Yep, yeah. I'm gonna see. We're gonna couple, go play Anthem. Anthem. Oh. We're gonna play. We're gonna look at Ghost of Tsushima. Gonna look at. I'm gonna go play Spider Man. We're gonna play. So I'm gonna look at. Uh, we're gonna look at uh, Cyberpunk. We're gonna mm. see a presentation on Cyberpunk, which I presumably that means the game, but I guess we can't guarantee that. I guess we can't. Uh, I'm gonna go see two. Uh, we are gonna uh, interview them though. So that's yes, good. So that's good. Uh, uh, what ID, ID at Xbox. Mm-hmm. Indie games. Um, what are those? Those are uh, two things I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, those are cool. Um, 
uh, Tunic, the fox with the sword. Oh, the we'll see fox. that tomorrow. Yeah. And Generation Zero, the new shooter from Avalanche. It's like Left 4 Dead, but with robots. It looks like the Simon Stalinhog art that I tweeted about the other day. Yeah. Yes. 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 I'm curious to see. Yeah. The trailer was interesting. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm going to I'll play it tomorrow. Yeah. You know. So lots to do tomorrow. So much. Follow me on Twitter, Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Danielle? At Danielle R.I. Come to my window. <laughs> Patrick Klepik. Follow me at Patrick Klepik. Rob Zachney. Rob, what are you seeing tomorrow? Well, you didn't... Explain your schedule. I might have messed some stuff up. Who knows? <laughs> All right, we'll figure that out. Battlefield I, Five. I'm just seeing say, Mutant just... Year Zero, and hell yeah, things I might not have written down. Cool. I need to go through my email before <laughs> I sleep tonight. Well, I hope everybody else has a good email sleep night. Uh, oh, I gotta edit this podcast. Shout out to Bowen for letting us use the track. Miss you off the EP panel machine. Find out more about that. Waypoint.zone slash B O E N. If you have E3 thoughts, go over to uh, Waypoint, uh, discourse.zone, form.waypoint.vice.com to chat about E3. And as always, shout outs to the mods who I know this is a very busy time as lots of people have lots of things to say about everything. Thank so shout outs to the mods for, for uh, handling and, and ensuring our forum is not the Sony presser of right. okay. video yes. game forums. Yes. We shoot to be the Bethesda or the Microsoft. I'm cool with being the Ubisoft sometimes. Sure. You know? Really don't want to be the Square Addicts. No, no one wants to be the Square no Addicts. No one. We're, that's just bots. That's just bots <laughs> posting back and forth to each other over and over. How would you moderate me if I had an account? <laughs> I hate this. Oh. Danielle, what do we say to them? Be good and be good at it. Peace. Axios. <laughs> Alexios. Alexios. <laughs> Axios. Forward on the dog. Axios body spray. That's what oh, he wears. That's what he wears, yeah. <laughs> Bye. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.